<laughs> all right, guys. So I'm sitting here live. First of all, welcome to the show, Ronald Bruno Jr. You got to wake up in the morning. Well, I'll tell you how I wake up in the morning. I was just going to say, what's the first thing you do when you when wake up in the morning? When I wake up in the morning, it's kind of most people in the yawn and stretch and stuff. And I, my shit kind of comes out of sleep. And like, Fuck! You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's, that's the, it's the, it's the old burner way. <laughs> shit! Let's go! <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to my brother, Steven. <laughs> That's how Steven wakes up, yeah, too? Both of us. Same time. Wake up the same time. 6.48 every morning. Fuck! <laughs> 6.48. With the... Fuck! <laughs> All right. Okay. Welcome to the show, Ronald Bruner Jr. Hey. Right on. Hey, here's what I like about you, Ron. Mm-hmm. Because there's only one thing. Mm-hmm. Drums. Besides that, no, that's it. So much deeper. Than uh, no, I'm just kidding. Here's what I love about you, Ron. There's a couple of things. First of all, I really, uh, I cherish our friendship. I, I agree. I really I agree. do. My dog, my guy, my all guy. day, all day, every day. I, re- I have so much respect for you. I've been a fan for years before we were friends. I appreciate that. Uh, because all drummers, bro. I mean, what drummer isn't like Ron? There's a lot of motherfuckers that ain't like Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that do it. I give I give him a good journey of a friendship, you know. We, hey, have, we have good times. You get to see the, you get to ride the roller coaster with me. Hey, so uh, I'll just say this: I think uh, I think I think you're one of the, I'll say one of the greatest drummers alive, and I'm going to let you debate me. I'm not going to fight that. I want I want you to push it. Oh man, shit! To the greatest. Because <laughs> when we I, I call you, answer the phone. What's up, Ron? You're like, oh man, doing great, greatest drummer alive. Yeah, and man. I, I love that, bro. I tell my, you know, when I was a kid, my father just you know tell you tell yourself who you are. Speak it. I spoke that to existence. I wanted to be exactly what I was and what I am. You know, so I, I spoke. I used to, my affirmations that I'm going to be the best. I'm yeah. going to be one of the greatest that ever did this. Yeah. And I still say it to myself today because you, your words are your words are your power. You know, your words are, you know, they they create what you're trying to do. You speak everything you want in your life into existence, and I live my life by that. Everything I wanted to do, I said I was going to do it, and I did it. I've watched you do it. Everything. I, I, I feel like including the bad. Oh, you, I mean, you got to live. Oh, you got to do this, man. This Full life, spectrum. This, this life is, man, the ups and downs that will make it so beautiful, man. Yeah. You're a very extreme person. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can see it in your playing. Hell yeah. I mean, especially with drums. I feel like drums is is the most expressive physical instrument there is, right? I actually see my extremity as, as, as a version of my sensitivity. I'm a very sensitive guy. Oh. Very, so it's, it's the, I I'm, I'm either I go hard in a motherfucker or I don't fuck with you. Right. I just got to. Because you hold up a lot too. Yeah. I mean, I just. Yeah, I just I have a I have a I'm a I'm a missile man. Like you, I'm, whatever direction I'm pointing, I'm I'm taking down the target. Yeah, and I just I, I've lived like that. And sometimes it's been rather reckless, but other times it's, yeah. it's gotten me actually everything I wanted. Like that was my drive, my motivation was to just be go for it. And my father was like, "You, you want to do that? Go do it." I asked my dad a question. I was young. He, I was trying to figure out how to play fast. And I was listening to all these records and I was hearing all these drummers and all these musicians and all stuff. And I hearing guys do stuff and set up music sessions where they play something really, really fast. And as an eight-year-old, as an eight-year-old, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to play like Billy Cobb. And one time I went to my father and I was like, yo, dad, how do you, how do you do this? I was like, how do you play fast? And he looked at me in my face. He said, play fast. Wow. Words of wisdom from Ronald Bruner Sr. So I look at that and everything, whatever I wanted to do, my father, if I wanted to play with somebody, I would go up and say, hey, let me play. Wow. Can I play, please? And I keep doing it. I take yeah, yeah, yeah. one opportunity. As soon as I saw the door open, I kicked that motherfucker open with a double double kick, double front, chest press, <laughs> two feet, two size 11s, through the 
glass window. Like double kick that door yeah, open. Just just bump, just, <laughs> just, just yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, open. Yeah. I love that, man. Well, you definitely are the fastest. No. And, and okay. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. And you've been the fastest since. I mean, I feel like the first time I saw you play was at when you did the Modern Drummer Festival. Oh, wow. Young Ron. Yeah, man. Young Ron wearing a shirt of yourself. No, I was wearing a shirt of Tony Williams. Oh, shirt of Tony Williams on Modern Drummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was incredible. Yeah, man. And that performance was mind-blowing. Thank you. And even then, dude, like to have such like speed and precision and creativity at such a young age. How old were you when you did that? 20s? 20-something. I was like 24. Yeah, but you even looked so young. Oh, boy. (laughs) You looked so... Because you're what? Two years... You're 82? Huh? 80? Man, I am... What? Year you were born. 91, mother... Year you were born. (laughs) Uh, 91? (laughs) 92, I think you're two years older than me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways... Uh, what, cause when I, I, I'm relating to you cause when I saw you playing, you were all famous playing in these theaters, doing drum solos, just going crazy. Um, I was like, Oh, he's my age. That sucks. <laughs> you know, like, and so, but you were already at that point, I guess at, at what point did you realize that you were on a level? Because um, I could tell, sorry, I'm at, I'm I, I could tell I, that you already knew that you I were never, on the level. I never, I never looked at it like being on a level. Imagine this: imagine being in a family where there was no cap, there right. was no, there was no top. My my family, everybody's a musician, so being a musician and being great was the norm. It yeah. was it was normal for me to be dope. Yeah. everybody in the family's dope. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't have a. a, um, a idea that I got to a level I just knew that when I was doing what I was doing there was things I had to do I got it it wasn't a level it was like I'm going to do this I'm going to do this I got to go here yep. I got to be in this I got to play this I got to do this I got it was almost like I had other than a level of thinking I had more of an agenda right more of a more of a, a goal set it in I'm going to do this I'm going to make this mark I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to influence in the community music musical community I'm going to be someone that can be a be a be a, a spark a, a generational spark yeah. in the in the in the movement of the music and that was just I never knew I leveled up I was always cracking yeah. it was always as a kid we were always cracking you know you you guys knew that you we were, were just, cracking we yeah, would practice you know, you know all yeah. the, all the all of the crew I grew up with we we were already already had so we were so involved in our goals that it was just motivation so that without even looking at what we were doing we were setting a we were setting the train tracks to whatever whatever we are now you know the great the great musicians and people that people pay attention to now we set that up then it wasn't you know it wasn't intentional it was For just sure. go you know no okay. level i always i always knew that i was going to do what i was going to do i just had to walk through the doors that got open for me you know i knew what i was going to do i mean you are very inspiring and your whole crew your family is inspiring and then your whole crew of friends like yeah, is, is, friends. is 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 the it's the best and it's clearly i i i feel like the reason part of the reason you guys are all so talented is because you all had each other yeah. and you had each other to challenge, to collab, to learn, to just like push, 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 go, go, go. And I mean, starting with obviously even your dad and everything. Yeah. Mom's dad, grandparents. Yeah, your, your whole family, whole family your whole family. Two generations of it, three generations of it, four yeah. generations of it. But you guys, you guys did lift the bar. You guys elevated. I appreciate, you, I appreciate it, man. I remember yeah. when we were younger, like LA wasn't being looked at. We were looked at for hip hop. Yeah, and uh, and our jazz was looked at as yeah, smooth and creamy. You know, yeah, yeah. it was it was creamy. You know, yeah. you come here and you want to get you know jazz was connected with wine and 
and cheese and crackers and you know sitting in a box seat at the Hollywood Bowl and you're listening do, 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 do. like nah, that was that was when I was younger and so we had a goal we had a goal to kind of turn to kind of go against the East in the in the aspect of the 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 motion of the music you know the younger yeah. we we were we were really into what was happening on the East with as far as like you know jazz and the, the progression of music. And we were coming up. That was what we were eating. We were, there, it was that, the East Coast music was jazz from the East was feeding us. And so we were like, we got to make that here. We got to bring that here. We have that. So when I was young, I was chasing the goal to be like to play with Kenny Garrett yeah. for a minute out of high school because Terrace put me on these records. But he was putting me on a lot of stuff that was coming out the East. And I was like, no, we can we can do that. We can shift this. You know, we got we, we got the warm place. We got the we got the sound. We got a whole energy. We got hip hop. We got the hood. We all from the hood. Like. We can turn this around, and so it was really beautiful. Everybody started kicking, kicking through the doors about five, six years. I'm a little bit longer than that, about seven years ago. We all just started kicking through the doors, just going, because it was like it, the music was in limbo. The East was going through what they were going through, and, and it was a big window. So yeah, you, you, I, once again, I think so. Six, seven years ago, what you were referring to you guys hit another level, yeah, yeah. but you were already on. You had already elevated. Yeah, we were, even we were proving that. ourselves. We were, For we, sure. were, we, were that, we were in that era, like right. proving ourselves. The we're scene trying. knew though. Yeah, the scene knew. The scene knew. Yeah. The scene was watching you guys, just like yeah, fuck. It popped off when when when, when my boy Miles got got the got the plug at the piano bar. Yes, that dude. Shit, that shit blew the door I'm, open because that was our hang, man. We tore that motherfucker down, bro. Boy. It's it's un. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I feel lucky that I was able to witness that so many times because it really is unfucking believable mm-hmm. that you guys, yeah, all of us, that was Miles, our Tony, Kamasi, Thundercat, Terrace, everybody. everybody. That was our place that we had. That, I mean, imagine having a place in the middle of Hollywood where it's always foot traffic and being able for two nights a week, two nights a week for us to play whatever we want. And any of the nights, whenever it, when Miles would say, hey, man, why don't you have a night? Why don't you have a night, Ronald? Why don't you have a night, Thundercat? Why don't you have a night, Flying Lotus? Why don't you have like we all we all went through that place because it was a it was a source of it was a source to plug in. It was a place where you could we could play in front of an audience of regular people that were walking down the street, hundreds of regular people all the time, every Wednesday, every Friday, every Monday through Sunday. It was yeah. some shit cracking there. I felt like I would just walk in and it was you guys. <laughs> man, that was the spot, yeah. man. Yeah, and I felt so lucky because I knew what was happening. I think a lot of people were just like. Well, you have like your people that knew, which there was obviously a scene that were like, like take advantage of this because this isn't going to last forever, mm-hmm. even though it lasted, I think, way longer than yeah. than expected. Uh, I mean, until the joint was freaking torn down, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah. But and in this place was hundred people. It, it was more than that. I mean, was we it, we used to we used to. Was, I mean, we had hundred people would be like, yeah, but I'm talking in it at once. No, we do hundred and twenty maybe more, would be. It was packed. like man, it would be packed, packed. It was more than that because the, yeah. the capacity of that room was like. 210 or something like that so we would try to get 300 in there but you could if there was if there was more than 150 you couldn't see yeah because it was you should so seen the night. You i would get i would find myself people come in like we had we had erica badu pull up we had we had nights where it was just like yeah it was just like what is it was just it was legendary yeah. bro it was la legendary shit and it'd yeah. be like you on drums antonio yep. like dual drummers yep everybody we, me your bro me. on bass and miles what's really on cool base. about we had we had the nights like where where like the guys that would be playing at Catalina's Bar and Grill down yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. Whoever, Roy Hargrove. I mean, Nicholas, I mean it, it was with Roy, Robert Glassford. Shout out to my boy, Rob. Yeah. Um, it, it was like whoever was playing in town, on, and they were there doing Wednesday or, Wednesday or Friday, they was there with us. Well, because it was lit at the piano bar with you guys, and Catalina's is hard to light up. You're sitting there eating nachos. Yeah. Right? Like, And it, <laughs> yeah. it's like, don't get yeah. me wrong, it's been legendary shows at Catalina's, of course. 
but the but the piano bar feel yeah. with you guys was just like it was an anomaly. Yeah. It was like, is this real? It couldn't last forever. Yeah. It, I, it, the fact that it went on for however many years that was was amazing, and I think it was taken for granted. Oh. But what was great is you, what you guys were doing in there for yourselves, yeah, we were. for yourselves, was amazing. And I, dude, and those were like defining years because yeah, two thousand eight to two thousand ten was when I was doing my night at Cinespace, just oh, okay. a few blocks away, yeah, few blocks away. Yeah, every yeah, yeah. Sunday, which was just genre list, whatever. But like, and I had a, a bunch of a bunch of the crew play, Cinespace. but oh, man, yeah. yeah. Dude, Hollywood sucks now. <laughs> I know, bro. We sucks. have spots. We, we have so many spots. We could yeah. we could walk down the street and oh. just get into shit randomly. Oh man, I miss it. But at that that's I, I oh. guess it happens like that. <laughs> it happens like that. And I don't think it. And I don't think it's just us being older now and being that's, like, oh, when I was in my prime, it was the it's shit. Gonna, it's gonna sound. It's just it's going. To, it's going know, that I'm route. It's gonna go that way. I'm just aging. We're aging. It's it. gonna go that way. Oh, I'm in my thirties still, bro. It's like that shit was lit. There's just the, the culture has died. You know, like the music, not the LA, LA culture is still live as hell, but that Hollywood, yeah. the Hollywood culture where there was jazz. Dude, remember even, remember like the Green Door? Yeah, man. Green Door I jazz see, days. Uh, with, with Gary Novak. And, yeah, and, and Darren, Darren. Darren Johnson. Amazing shit, dude. Yeah, dude. There was so was... much back then. But then I think, I mean, but Piano Bar, you guys at Piano Bar was insane because you have, and then all of you guys developing, all of you guys doing big gigs, like, you know, Kendrick was happening at the time and all these, you guys are on all these projects, but your solo projects hadn't popped, popped yet. Yeah, that was a, right. that was a cool moment too. When everybody had yeah. these records, when we all, we all had records in like 2017 yeah. and 13, everybody had records and we were all like, we all went in the studio. The records were sick. Yeah. It was good times, man. Good times. And it's like all of a sudden, my bad, 2012, we all had records. Yeah. Yeah. 2012. <laughs> But, and the reason why I'm saying like on a level to go back earlier is because you did Modern Drummer 2006, dude. So six years before that, you were already, at least in the drum Maybe world. We go before that. We, I was, it was already cracking at like 99. That's what, yeah, because to even <laughs> have the platform for you to be able to perform at the Modern Drummer Festival in the slot you had doing a drum solo in 2006 means you were already uh, identified, right? You were already had the spotlight on you. And this was just at the time, like the biggest drumming stage yeah. there, there was, I right? Was really, it was really, it was nerve wracking. I, yeah, I was going to say, cause you seem so confident and in your playing, I mean, in general, but even back then, but you also, what I love about your playing is especially back then. Cause I feel like now you're just such a master <laughs> at what you fucking do. I'm trying to but, start in the fucking Yoda, man. but back then you're, you, you're, you're there back then you had the balls to take risks in what you were trying to do in front of a, th a theater of thousands of people with you doing a drum solo. I've never been, I've never been afraid to fail. There it is. I've never been, even in my life now, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to sit back and say I fucked up you know, or whatever. I, I've never been afraid to make a mistake. It's like my, I, I learned this from my father and from Dennis Chambers. It was, it, while it matters, there's a bunch of people that I learned this concept from, but I mean, that really kind of stuck in my head. My dad and Dennis Chambers is all about what you do right afterwards yep whatever like whatever happens in life it's like what are you going to do now you're mm. this that that happened so what do you do what's next so yeah so it, i've never been afraid i've never been fear isn't fear isn't a factor in my decision making more in my decision making is is am, is it okay is, is this dope some that's my little insecurity sometimes i'm like is, is this really killing i see everybody jumping around and shit but no nah. <laughs> <laughs> is it really i hear everybody go oh is, is it really that dope so what's next for you right now? Love songs to ghosts, baby. Is that what it's called? New album. new album. Yeah, man. Love songs. I'm almost done. Yeah. Love songs. Love songs to ghosts. I'm kind of dealing with my issues on this record. Mm. I'm dealing. With, I'm dealing with the the 
both sides of me, the lover, the dark side, you know, and, and the party mode. Like just kind of yeah. dealing with it and talking, just singing. So I like I like the I like people I, I like to let people in. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm a, I, I like to let people in and my sensitivity tries to block it, but no, nah, I mean, give, because I like to, every, it's it's cool to let people know where you are so they can give you the, the love they want to give you when you, you know, or where you give them, you know, it's like opening up and letting people see your vulnerability. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm finishing it up right now. I'll be done with it in about, a, uh, about this month, in a month, and then I'll get it out to everybody. But yes, it's a, it's a view, it's kind of like a view into a lot of sides of me, you know. Well, from what I've, what I've heard, I know I haven't heard the update update. That's why, that's why. I'm going to play it for you later. I love what I've heard. Oh man, good times, good times. There's real songs, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's real. I, I I'm really, I'm really, I'm really being trying to be a singer. <laughs> you, dude, you have a great voice. Thank I you. feel like you're you've grown so much from your last solo album because yeah, I think your last solo album was people being like, at least from the, pers- the crazy at least my part. perspective mm-hmm. was like, oh, Ron singing, yeah, oh wow. And then it was also you still had you had chops on it, but it was but it was musical yeah. and there and there was songs, but now there's like songs. songs yeah. And there's hooks and they're yeah. catchy and yeah. it's still you, it's still ripping and it's still your whole squad and your brother and your everyone yeah. on it. And like some good, we won't spoil anything. Yeah, some good, some good collabs. Some good, some good collabs on yeah. there. So it's, collabs. it still has like the, the, your sound. Yeah. And, and, it, but, and it's, 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 it's kind of, this one is more so, it's like a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, this is more, a little bit more songy. It's not, it's not, it, I'm going to put some, I have some drum stuff on there, but this one's kind of just like, a period piece for me. Yeah. It's like just a, like a, cause it's, it was so quick. Right. Writing this record was just, it was just quick. Just go, 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 go. And, um, so it's kind of just like a moment. It's just step away from what everybody knows me as all the time as a drummer, which we never not know me as, yeah. but also kind of get to dig into my songwriting ability and the things that I also can do along with the drums, yeah. you know, rap and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of letting people dig, get, get into me, you know, like figure, you know, this is where I'm at. You know? Yeah. And the next, the next year it'll be like, oh, I'm doing great, oh, I'm doing great, and then it won't be, it won't be hot. Be like, oh, we don't want to so hear that. So glad I made these oh, decisions. Look at me, I'm doing great. I'm sober. No, like I don't want to, I don't want to put that album out. I want to put the one out like, oh, oh my God, I'm lonely. Oh, help me, God. And everybody's gonna be like, oh my God, let's help this motherfucker. Does the song wake up with like a, an alarm in the, the morning? Album and just, Fuck. Yeah, the album starts like, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> starts like that. And it ends like, I'm going to sleep. Fuck! So I'm cursing so much, Daddy. You know what it is. That's for my pops, you know. Ronald. Get in, Ronald. Big shouts to your dad. Dude. Shout out, Pops, Pops, Papa Son. Um, how's Jamil doing, little bro? I just saw him. I just saw him. Come on. He's doing great, man. Tell him I said hi, One man. of the greatest burners that ever exists. What is he doing right now? He's working on his music and working on everything. Great. He's at that point where he's like very, very expressive and experimental. Amazing. Trying, trying things. And I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. He's finding his lane. He's he's on it. You know, he's on his road. I'm proud of both of my brothers. Yeah. Proud of Jamil because he's he's so he's so talented, so gifted, and he's just he's at that place where he's finding it. You know, and that's the most beautiful part of growth. You like the exploration. You know, he and I appreciate that about him. My brother too. My brother is like he knows who he is, but he's constantly searching for the greater him, and I, and it's yeah. inspiring to me. You know, he's, yeah. He's better. You know, and so they they rub off on me. Yeah. You know, in in such a in such a positive way. I'm I'm quiet about it because I'm the big bro, and I want to be like. Hey, Hey, come over here and just go get something. No, you know, <laughs> boss bro says, you know, but their, 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 their emotion and what they're doing in life is really inspirational. You know? Yeah. I'm happy for them. But yeah, my baby brother's doing great. Steven's doing great. Jamil's doing, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, man, I can't wait till Christmas and we all get together at Thanksgiving. 
We are. We have. We have great experiences. Me and my family have some interesting experiences when we get together on holidays. Like we speak. Like we we have a, a quiet language of music that just is crazy. Like one time we were we were at my crib. Everybody was everybody was at the house. And fam, all the family chilling at the crib. Mom's cooking in the kitchen. We all hanging out watching. We were watching Unsung. <laughs> Tell you a great great Bruner moment with the family. It's how we communicate. We're watching Unsung, and the, and the Unsung was the Ohio players. And so pops is sitting on the couch and. Everybody, all, all of everybody, kids, you know, everybody sitting on the couch and we all hanging out. And, um, and so in the middle of a conversation, we were talking about something. I forgot what Pops was talking about. My mother was in a conversation, but you know, all just having a conversation. And in the middle of the, the conversation, this song called Pain from Our Hard Players comes on. And I remember we're sitting there talking, yeah, you know, and then all we heard was right. So we're all sitting there. We hear we're talking. Every person under the sound and name Bruner, when we heard boom boom, we all went. Everybody. Not I'm talking about my son. I'm talking about his daughter. I'm talking about every person with the name Bruner in that room. When that groove came on. It simultaneously stopped the conversation. We all, uh, uh, my mama, uh, uh, everybody, right? And then, and then when, it, when it got got right into the verse and, and the reverend, and it was like, oh yeah, man, so back you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, it was like it's like it's like a un, we have a we have a language of music that's that's um, that just translates. We we connected music. Uh, my father gave us so many options of musical excellence, excellence, hearing stuff that we we all we put it into moments in our lives. Like music became the way I can tell you how I felt. Yeah. When I would get upset and frustrated about something, my parents and everybody knew when I cut on Miles Davis, little church, leave Ronald alone. Mm. Cause he's in his world. Right? Yeah. You know, when Stephen will put on his record, he put on Stephen will put on some of the most amazing stuff. And you would be confused with Steve was doing. <laughs> he would put on Sean East and he was, that was when he was going to stab the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see just how I feel? Leave Steven alone. <laughs> For real, Stephen gonna stab me. <laughs> Stephen is angry, but he's like, but he's, he's the whole time he's. It's, it's, it's just all, we speak a language through music, man. It was crazy, man. It's crazy. Being you guys crazy. are so similar, yet so different. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. A, uh, when you were so, how old were you when you actually started drumming on drum kit? And were you jamming with your dad? Was he would he drum with you? And would so I, I remember. I remember, and it's kind of interesting. We all have some of us, I don't know how everybody has memories of as a baby or child, but I have memories of, I, I actually believe from the stories my parents have told me and what I, what I experienced being in existence, I really believe that I was put here to do this. I literally believe that. So I, I wanted to be on the drums as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw it, or as soon as I, I mean, from my mother says, I could feel it inside of her. Yeah. You know, she could feel me moving on beat and stuff like that. But when I, when I, when I saw it, I remember being two years old, and I remember I was, I was playing. I was, I was at the Nam show. I was two, and <laughs> and uh, I remember being at the Nam show, and I remember they had just came out with this drum set called uh, the Remo PTS kit. I think Louis Belson and a couple guys helped develop this drum set, where basically it was a pre-tuned drum head that went on a drum set. And it was called the Junior Pro. Junior Pro PTS kit, and I remember they were they were showcasing it, and they were drum sets for young young kids that really a, a, a kit that's a little bit better than the Sears drum set with the paper heads and the yep. you know brass. It was like a little a level up for a child that's really really serious. And I remember seeing that drum set, and I remember getting on that drum set and playing, starting by myself. My dad was talking. I just walked away from my parents, got on drum set, started playing, and I remember after I 
whatever, whatever, I don't know if I closed my eyes, I don't know if I was in the beat playing the groove, whatever, but when I looked up, it was Jeff Picaro, Mike, Narada Michael Walden, Bernard, it was a whole bunch of drummers watching me play. And as soon as I got through playing, Jeff Picaro picked me up. And we and came, said, hey, talk, talk to my pops. He knew my pops. Picked me up and they started passing. And I started being passed around to all the drummers. No way. So that, that. Like Simba. Yeah, it was, it was like that. Like, it was like, you know, this is Ron Brewer. But everybody in the industry kind of knew my pops because my yeah. pops was in the game. Before yeah. I was even lost, so everybody knew Ron Brewer Sr. You know, pops right. was playing with Temptations and, and Diana Ross. He was doing stuff, Gladys Knight. He was, he was working. So everybody kind of knew him. He was in the LA scene. Everybody. So it was like, this is your boy. And I was a little, you know, so that I knew there was no, it was no, figuring out what I was going to do. I just was like, I have, that's, that's my life right there. Or yeah. That's a part of my, not my life, but I'm doing that. So I always knew it was, I, it was, I always knew. I always knew. And I, I never, I never, and, and I never even thought of another option. I was put here to, to, to give with the gift of music to give to people. So would you jam with your dad? Would you do? Yeah. Do when we got older, me and my pops used to play together. I mean, older, but now when you were a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, I was watching him and getting, getting, getting the yeah. ideas, yeah, yeah. getting what, what it's like to be a musician. I was learning that process, watching him being there at his gigs. But at the time, being young, I was always trying to play. Right. So he would let me, you know, sit in, you know, five years, six years old. Get up, know. dad. And then I started playing professionally. <laughs> I started doing professional gigs when I was eight. That's crazy. What so, were those gigs? Like wedding receptions and, yeah. and like, you know, in town stuff. For eight. My, eight. Yeah, I was doing stuff with my uncle, Uncle Gerald Brown and Wayne Vaughn, playing gigs with them and like. They would, they would just let me, you know, teach me the ropes. Like, oh, oh come on, you, you teach me how to play a groove, making people dance, like that kind of stuff. And I was eight years old. And making, making, and think of an eight-year-old making $375 for a Oh, gig. dude. <laughs> Fuck allowance. Yeah, man. I was paying I was, light bills in this motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to say, I was probably getting six bucks a week. I was contributing to the phone bill yeah. <laughs> at nine years old. Well, because you were getting all the calls for the gigs. Yeah, so well, no, you no, my dad, my, dad, my dad saw the gift, and my dad, what he would do is my dad would sometimes get double booked, and he would get multiple gigs during the weekend, and he would pass me the gig. Oh, my God. So he would You're do- filling in. Yeah, and so my pops would be over in West, West LA, or West, West, Westwood, and I'd be playing somewhere over in Hollywood at the Athletic Club, being like sitting in the back of the room at 10 years old, waiting to go on stage with all these grown folks getting drunk and lit playing pool, and I'm waiting to play. Do you remember? Like it was just, So you had the song library too, because if you're doing- Yeah, man, my pops, my pops, my pops indoctrinated us. I was going to say, by the time you're eight, the pool you already music. have the catalog, oh, you know everything, you're playing it, your pockets, Bro. your grooves are there. As infants, we yeah. were listening to everything from Led Zeppelin to, to I mean, Train, Ma, Vishnu, it was like- it was just, my, and my mother had all the soul, Aretha. Yeah. So it was like, a, it was just every day. My father, every week, bought new records. Every, every week, five, six records. He would just play them. It was just like, we were just boom, 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 you know. And what about with Steven? When did you start playing with Steven? When you were younger, were you guys jamming? Yeah, Steven, Steven, Steven was interesting. How he budded. He, he like, he was quiet. He was quiet for you. Like he, when he was younger, he was really, really quiet. He was, Steven is a very amazing artist. And like he, as far as like drawing, like you know, depicting his thoughts and depicting how he feels and putting it on paper. And so when he was younger, he was really, really quiet. But it was one. We were in Detroit burying my grandmother, and um, I think Stephen was six, five or six. And so my pops came to, to visit us, and he brought my pops brought me some. Uh, Brought some brought instrument when he came to visit us to to help with my grandmother whatever he came to Detroit to be with moms and he brought Stephen his bass called a harmony bass and Stephen was about five or six and I swear to God it was from zero to Stephen was playing bass 
Like it was, it was like my father literally sat there and taught Stephen the scales, and he taught him the song, uh, "The Smoke on the Water." Yeah, dun, dun, dun. yeah. And it was like it was like as if Stephen, it was like he went from nothing, like he was in, you know, he was into it. But as a five year old, it was like he was like a kindergartner, first grader, and he went from nothing, not playing, chilling, doing art, just being being Stephen, bouncing around and everything, being a kid, to like all of a sudden he has a groove. It was like it just went like that. Same thing with Jamil. Jamil kind of started late, but it just went like boom, 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 boom. It was like once it's just it's like Steven just started picking up everything. He started, and then my pops he got into violin when he got in middle school. So Steven was playing bass and violin. So he started getting the concept of harmony, and he was also listening to records like Steve. We I, he would hear. I was practicing to like any record that had Anthony Jackson on, and I'll make Steven play with me. Play this with me, you know. Listen, I would force Steven to listen to her. He'd be like, Man, I don't want to listen to this. Oh, I want to go watch cartoons. No, 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 we're gonna listen to this. And, and, and I was a very pushy older brother, like, yeah. you know. And I used to, you know, we were, we were, we used to sit up every day during the summers. My parents, whenever my parents would leave, we would set up my drum set and his Wall of Doom SWR 810s amp in the living room. And, um, and we would practice every day to records. We just, just me and him grooved like Jay Dilla records. Like, we just, it was just it. I don't know. It was just. It was just it's just in. It's just in us. Like yeah. I get, yeah. I can't describe it. He just. It was like all of us went from zero to a hundred. Yeah. Real quick. And well, then it's, it's and, in your genes. Yeah, man. And then the, I mean, it's just in your family. It's just in your blood. And you're pushing. I mean, there you are. You're pushing Steven. You're encouraging him. Pops more like forcing, but yeah, it was more like forcing and forcing. <laughs> I'm more sure like being like, you can play this. Yeah. yeah. And then you when I got older, that's why he's taking boxing classes. He's like, I'm going to whoop your like, <laughs> I got to catch up All right, Steve, my bad, dog. I still got something for you, though, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, you guys sound so amazing together, man. Um, my my I'm, favorite. I'm not with him. I miss him. My favorite. I think I saw, I don't know. I saw you guys right before COVID playing together. Because I, I love it. Whenever I go see Thundercat play, I'm always personally like, I hope Ron's on drums. I hope Ron's on drums. <laughs> Of course, all of his, everyone, Justin and everyone that I've seen play, all, all everyone's It's great. weird. It's everyone's weird great. being brothers with somebody, like when being brothers and playing music, because it's, 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 it's telekinetic, yeah. which makes it, it's just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's like, you know what each other's going to do. We can telegraph each other's punches. Yeah. So it's magic to the listener. Sometimes it's hell for us. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's, it's weird. Cause we, it, cause we're, we're like. It's like we know. It's like we know where each other's gonna do. Exactly. You're so locked in each, in the riffs. Like his riffs are your fills. Yeah. So I think for any other drummer, they have to like learn it, understand Steven, get in there deep, and then or play it or learn the parts if it's you on the record or whatever it is, or if it's program or whatever it is. But I feel when it's the two of you, that sibling riffage yeah, man. is like it's the same heartbeat. It's the same pulse. It's the the push and the pull is the exact same. All those things. Yeah. So and and, that, I, and I have some, on the record, man. I I, I I now that you said it, I have I have some record. I actually actually need to put it back on the record. I have some stuff which is me, Steven, and, and Jamil. us playing as a trio. I have, Dude, that's I have like so two sick. The three and brothers. One, and, one, and one of the features on the album is just us three. And I want to say his name, but I got to get the, I, I got to get the clearance, huh? Man, but yes, yeah, Ruskin we, lawyer manager. Yeah, yeah we're we, not clear. We, uh, <laughs> we had the opportunity to work together for. Uh, for artists right now that's kind of really, really bubbling in the game Amazing. right now. And he he's one of the few guys to have a record where it's us three playing together. When we played together, we went on tour together with Steven. Really? Us, just us three as a trio. Really? Yeah, man. It was it was absolutely insane. When was that? That was, uh, I want to say, Jamil turned, uh, let's see. Uh, I want to say 2000 and... 
16 or 17. When my brother, I think he came out with his second, first record or second. I would have loved to have seen that. It was that. insane, bro. It was insane. The Bruner Bros. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, us three all together. Just, and we went on like, we did like, we did Seattle and San Francisco and Oregon. It was, it was, it was beautiful. That's and then my amazing. pops was like, uh, all three of you guys can't be together. One of you motherfuckers, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all three of you Bruner Brothers, it's, like, nah, it's nah, too much. It's too, y'all three together, but it was smashing though, bro. It's it was too like, much. all three, I mean, it was, it was so beautiful. It was so I'll all, never forget when you guys first did, when Steven first started popping off as Thundercat, the artist. I was there for all the first two records. I was the Coachella the performance, oh, dude. dude. What, 2012? Yes. That shit was crazy. I saw that shit, Oh, so that, that, it was around that time. Yeah. That was 2012. Damn, it was that long? That was Jamil? No, it was around that time, like right after when that. When you started popping. because touring together. That was when Steven, that was when, because I feel like before it was like Steven, Steven, then it's like Thundercat. And it's like him as the artist and everything. And it was always you on it then, for sure. Every time I saw him back then. But that Coachella performance, because I was like, I was so happy. Wow, man. I was so happy because I was like, yes, because Thundercat, Steven's music is so musical, but then since it's melodic, it has the ability to have legs, mm-hmm. right? And not just be jazz, jazz, only jazz people can like it. And that's what's so great about his success and how what he's excelled into, because I'm like, yes, more of these artists. And now there's all these other artists and this whole new generation yeah. that has been inspired by all you guys that's, that's making more and more jazz, but jazz is cool and jazz is also can be pop. It could be melodic mm-hmm. and it can be selling so many other. T- and now you have even artists like Jacob Collier selling out thousands yeah, yeah. Of, of tickets. It's, it's so great. Like, so I, I'm so happy. I think I, I, it's kind of cool with the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a plus and a minus to how the music industry is now, as far as like what people listen to and how we listen to music. Yeah. You know, the plus is, the plus is that there's so many options now that you can, if you want to be an artist, you can do whatever you want to do now. Yeah. And you can create your own fan base. You can create your own thing. It don't matter what style of music is so many avenues at this particular point. But the minus is it's harder to be individual because there's so many ways to find the next thing. And we've been kind of taught by social media and everything. We're kind of being taught to have the lowest attention span, lowest attention span as possible. Yep. You got 30 seconds to make me give a Max. fuck about you. Max. Like you got as long as my thumb is still up and I'm scrolling. If you make my thumb stop that extra 12 seconds, I'm going to, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, and we've been taught like that. We, we, our generation was not taught like that. We were taught to listen to something, dig into it, get everything you can get out of it. Then go to the next thing. No, now it's like, ah, even like the way people grieve when death happens is it's, it's like, it's that level too. You In, see people. You see people's instant, mama. Yeah, yeah, you see people's mamas and daddies gone, and, and all of a sudden they're down for three days and they're back chilling with you. Yeah, it's like damn. Like <laughs> we've been conditioned to be like this now, so it's 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 tough. But like it's it that's the negative. But the positive, man, is we. It's the most expressive times ever. You can yeah. literally do what the fuck you want to do. Express yourself. You can be who you are in these times without. You know, it's still weird judgment. You know, now that the whole cancel culture, all that stuff, it's still weird judgment. But the basis of it now is the generations are shifting. And now that we're growing to become the guys in power in the next 20, 30 years, everything's shifting. Our mindset is going to be what takes over. And that, our yep. mindset is more freedoms. Yep. We're not coming from the, 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 we're coming from the concepts of the darkness, racism, all that. We're coming from that. But we're the generation trying to shift it. We're, we're the ones saying, and we will be in power. We will be the president in 30. Our age will be the president in the next 25, 30 years. Less. There's going to be a guy our age yeah. that's going to be like, man, we were like, and our, we're not coming from where our parents came from. We're yeah. coming from like, I don't, I don't care. 
And the younger generation is even more. If we're saying I don't care, they're like, I don't give a fuck. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're saying I don't care about that. You know, we're yeah. we're equal. I, I'm my pops and moms, I don't give a damn what they're thinking. I'm this is me. Yep. And the younger ones are like, man, like, oh, I don't give I'm just gonna die. Younger what younger ones are it's like it's a whole it's a it's it's the generations are shifting. So the younger one is literally Yeah. Just sitting there tongue out. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. No, yeah. I'll give it. <laughs> but it's awesome. And yeah, I think today being an artist, there's like, well, as you're saying, the plus side and the downside. The plus side is you could get a hold of anybody. anybody. The downside is anybody can get a hold of you. Right. There you go. And it's like, so you can, you can, anyone can make art back then, even 2002, right? You have to like, you, it'd be hard to make an album or a CD and press it and put it out. It's expensive. And then you have the street team in Chicago. You got to mail your flight. You got to print there out were the There people flyers, that used to go and put glue on, on, Dude. on freaking construction sites and, yes. and, and put your album. I don't even see that anymore. We were just talking in the last episode about street teams. Yeah, street teams. I don't even see that anymore. You, you don't need it because now it's like, please share this post. Yep. I remember going going over to Tim Freeway on Crenshaw and seeing the whole side where they were developing those apartment buildings and seeing that whole side right there, Crenshaw on the 10, right in the exit going east on the 10. You see that whole side with every record, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> it was like everything, Pharrell. It was like everything that we thought, parties, go to this party on yep. Saturday. It was like you, you knew by being in the street what you were doing. Now it's like, I go in the, like whenever I want to go out and go kick it, I go and I go and look at my friends' Instagram stories, and I'll be like, "Oh, okay, I see the homies at this spot." Hey, where we at? Yeah, what's up? But back in the day, it was like, "Oh, we, we plan on Thursday to be somewhere on Saturday." Yeah. Hey, we go. We got. We got to get some fits. We got to hit the mall. Let's yeah. go hit the mall. Let's go get our. Let's get. Let's get fitted <laughs> so we can get some bitches. You know, so we can get some honey. I didn't mean to say it like that, ladies. Ladies, my Mercedes. But anyway, <laughs> but like, um, you know, it was it was it was a thing. We had to prep. Yep. You know, we didn't we didn't have we had the phones. I mean, I was walking around like, you don't have to call. I had the usher. I was ushered out. Oh, bro. Back in the 2000s, I had the whole you remind me of the I have the whole see with the two the Motorola two way pager. I was that dude, little diamond, all that. I, I had to prep. I had to prep. Now it's like, hey man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's over there, go over there. Like so different now. But I love it. I love it. And I refuse to get I refuse to put my mind in an old place and think like, oh these no, I'm I'm with it. Let's get it. Gotta be. Yeah, it's with like pfft, let's go. Gotta be with it. Go. With that being said, when your new album comes out, we can see a lot more Ronald Bruner Jr. on social media. Well, yeah, I'm I'm actually a lot more yeah, content. I'm, I'm actually shift I'm actually shifting. I'm in I'm in a part of my life where uh I'm making a um a, a really beautiful and honest transition into the Phoenix I wanna be. Mm. And uh grabbing the reins for many years. I, for many years I've 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 put things into my world that were unnecessary that allowed me not to see the beauty of what I'm really actually supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And um, now that I kind of have some clear eyes, it's, it's really, it's really beautiful. And I'm, and I'm taking advantage of this energy. And so when I put this record out, I want to be, I want to be, I want people to like dig in, you know, whatever. Like I I like, I like being vulnerable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough place to be and it's a challenge. And I, I take challenges on. Like I, I, I had a drum teacher when I was a kid, and he used to always make me feel that that what I was doing was was almost like not not enough. I could do more. Like like, but everything that he pushed me back on, I used it as fuel. I used it as logs. Like, oh, you tell me, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be this. One time, he told me, he said, "What makes you think I want? What makes you think I want you to be a success? And to in 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 five years from now, you're my competition." 
I looked at that and I said to myself, I'm going to be more in your competition. I'm going to smash you. I'm going to annihilate your history on this <laughs> instrument. And every time you see me from this point on, you're going to come up to me. I'm not going to talk to you. Sure enough. I, 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 took, I just started <laughs> on my steam train. Next thing I know, he was trying to be friends with me. And I was like, ha, you can kiss all this ass cheeks. All of <laughs> every bit of, but I still love him. But I use that as motivation. Uh, like, yeah. So like in this part of my life, I'm using that as like a, a way to kick the door open so I can actually be who I'm actually supposed to be. Yeah. So people can actually, instead of me saying I need to be appreciated, I can quietly just do my thing and people, people say, it, you know, how are you, thing. how are you getting through your own mental blocks? Man, um, God, rehab, <laughs> um, acceptance, mm. uh, looking in the mirror a lot and uh, enjoying my peace. I, I'm so used to running and so used to moving around so much. And, and like, I'm, I mean, like I, I it was the, one of the craziest things I realized is that I was on the road and like last month I've been, I've been out on the road for at least up until three weeks ago. I have been consistently on the road since the end of April. Who are you out with? I was doing Kamasi, oh, yeah. Kenny Garrett, doing a bunch of studio work, doing some, like just doing a bunch of stuff and never being home. Yeah. And when I got to in, like the end of kind of this in and out running stuff, I realized how much more the road has become my home. Mm. And when the road becomes your home, it, it, it's like everything that comes with it becomes your norm. You know, the, the, the all the things they are, they call it, you know, everybody sex, drugs, rock and all that becomes your norm. So, your your concept of appreciation, your concept of medication, everything you do becomes a, a byproduct of what's there for you and how you get. Like imagine, I mean, people you, you you've done this before, but imagine you, you you're on the road so much and you're giving so much as 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 a as a, as a, as a musician or you're playing. Like you're literally every day that you're there, your job is to give to people. Mm-hmm. You go on stage and you give your all. You give you give every every show you you've spent months rehearsing you did all this stuff to be on the road to have this smashing show and you sit there you play you do your thing you work and you're smashing and you get off stage and you're empty because you gave it all and what do we do when you're empty you got to fill up with something right and what usually does that sex drugs rock and roll. you sex and drugs you know what i'm saying it's like it's like yeah it just it, it, it it's like you have to figure out some kind of way to do it and if you don't have enough strength in yourself all this all the extra shit will be your your pillow. Mm. And so when I started realizing that and started seeing it and started just tearing shit up and being whatever, I was like, okay, that I'm, I'm just like, stop. Don't you want to be who you say, who you say mm. you are? You know, yeah. don't you want to, don't you want to dive into who you really are? You know, it's going to take you chilling for you to do that. You're not home out here. You're home at home. You're home with your family. You're home with the people that care about you. So you can literally get that fill up, you know, fill up with that. You know, and fill up with God. Like yeah. I, I was, I, I had no relationship with God. I, had, I, I had a relationship, more so my relationship with just being like, "Thanks, man. Thanks for another night. I got through this one. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it." And that's why I be waking up like, "Fuck!" And I'm, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's, I, I spent so many, so, you know, so many times just like, "Yeah, another day. Thanks, preach." But now it's like, okay, well, how do you tell? How do you tell the story? So, with this record, it's also a big in the process of me starting to like write my book. You know, write a book. Nice. I, I've always looked at my life as a book. Like that's why I have these periods where it's, it's like, because yeah. it's, it's no, it's no fun. What if if I was just a 
a happy guy all the time. You it, it wouldn't be what like wouldn't be so. What's the content? What's the, what's the what makes me infamous? It's all the, the what makes you what makes anybody infamous is stories. Yeah. If I was always coming around, you know, hey man, cool man, and everyone's oh hey man, cool hey man, hey man, cool man, hey man, cool man. Now that's that works for that works for everybody who want you know that works. I was gonna say, are you insulting me yeah, right hey, now? Hey man, cool. If, you, <laughs> if that's your, if that's your energy, cool. I mean, yeah, you do. But then it's also like I kind of I kind of get I kind of got a kick out of the mystery of the, of the dark parts of me. I get, I get a kick every now and then coming in the room, everybody like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> Dude, we got to do one day. We got to do not the roast of Ronald Bruno Jr., but the stories. Oh, bro, I have so many. of Ronald Bruno Jr. and just have everyone Christ. line up and have everyone tell Lord and stories Savior. of you. Woo. <laughs> I'll probably not see. Man. You know, I, you ever, okay, check this. You ever been in a situation where everybody's telling stories about everybody? Okay, imagine me being tour bus. Like everybody's telling stories. I it, I say Kamasi, just best friend, my the best friend. Best, 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 best. Number Come one. Ace, my ace. Yeah. Shout out my ace. My Imagine being on a bus with your best friend and everybody's cracking, st- telling stories. And everybody else's stories are real kind of light and funny. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is telling stories, right? And I'm sitting there like, don't say shit. Because <laughs> as soon as you say, because it's like, oh, yeah, remember that time Ronald? And everybody's like, oh, shit, oh yeah, that was crazy. Like, <laughs> You're it's, just sitting there it's, like, never, it's never like lighthearted. It's <laughs> never like, oh, remember that time Ronald? That was funny, right? It's like, man, remember that time Ronald? Man, that shit was real fucked up, man. <laughs> That was really, yeah, man. You know, he tore that motherfucker. <laughs> Most guys have stories like, oh, man, we got on the bikes, man. He crashed into the wall. Ha, ha. Like, mom, remember that time Ronald crashed the Ferrari into the swimming pool? Man, that was fucked up, bro. <laughs> Everything was fucked up. <laughs> so, yes, I'm looking forward to a roast. But, yeah, I, I, I got to give it some years of uh, this spirit because my spirit right now is feeling so good. I'm so happy. I'm skin you seem really good. good, man. Your skin Losing looks great. Weight. Yeah, you look healthy. You look healthy. You seem hey, present. You're talking yeah, about man. God. This is great. I, drinking, I can only drinking, imagine you got ginger, ginger beer. <laughs> oh, this would have been a problem. <laughs> no, we're good right now. So once again, your brain, right? Because just thinking about like, okay, so your set when you did the Jam Jam. Oh man, with that Terrace was Martin, magical. With Terrace and Kamasi. It's magical. That was, I think, one of my favorite performances, if not my favorite performance of you I've ever Thank seen. You. And that was one of my favorite, if, if not my favorite drum performance I've ever seen. Thank you, man. And I think the internet has spoken too because whenever we post clips on Jam Crow or whatever of those moments, it's just like, wow. It's like you are Phoenix style you, soaring as you were playing. And I can't help, and I've watched that shit so many times, even just from editing it. And then let alone from not from editing, your playing. There's no, 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 no touch. No, 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 no touching on that. Play. Oh, trust me. I know what you mean. Say, yeah. You wouldn't but, say you wouldn't dare edit. <laughs> I know, no, no need. You wouldn't dare cut off, cut off any, you wouldn't dare fade out. On no, we, no, 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 the pro tools slow yeah. down. No, hell yeah. no. Nah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I, since I've listened to it so many times, it, this was really cool about about that project for me because I wouldn't normally listen. If you guys just put out that album and I had nothing to do with it, I would listen to it several times, even if I loved it 10 times, whatever, and be like, oh, I love this album. But since I've heard it, and I definitely know Christian in the room with me here, we've heard it so many times. Like I feel like I dug into your phrasing so much more, and Terraces, and Kamasi's, especially you, Terrace, and Kamasi from that recording. And uh, But your phrasings, bro, there's no way... It's like, it can't be all intentional because how could a brain think that fast? It has to just be, uh, go. Yeah. Just expression, go. Like it's there, your muscle memory of whatever. Check Maybe you- I tell I tell people, like practicing, you're talking about just for, just for side note, continue, don't forget that thought. Yeah. Um, playing drums, uh, the, for me, and where my mind is with playing my instrument, 
I put many, many years into practicing, but the, the I had a reason put for practicing. I don't really tell people just that often, but some of my people that have been around me know this. But with me practicing, the only reason I practiced is because I wanted to be able to con- accomplish and play and perform and put on my drum set anything I fucking think. My motivation was I'm practicing for ultimate proficiency in creative expression so I can do whatever I think whenever I feel I want to do something and also see rhythm in in a grid in my head. I also see all the, um, I see, I see all the options and splits from each, from a whole note where I can go every, and I see it like almost like a, a, a pyramid or like a grid. So anyway, but, um, I practiced to do, to be able to accomplish anything I think. So when I play, now, especially when I got past the late ages of adolescence, when I was younger, when I got past high school, and everything, when I play now, I put all that effort in to be able to just go. Yeah, Nothing's going to stop me from hearing what you're playing or hearing what somebody's playing with me and being able to push it or lift it or whatever because I have the ability and because I put the work in to, 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 to get the technical proficiency with these limbs to do certain things. Now I just sit down. It's like, oh, I hear that, boom. Oh, I hear that. Boom. Are we playing some pocket? Boom. Are we playing some jazz? Boom. We playing some rock? Boom. We play. It's like, it's like, because I was, my father trained me to be proficient at everything. Mm. Take this, take this music, take this technique, take all of this and turn it into how you, how you, how you give your, you know, your spirit to this music or yeah. give your spirit to God and let them, you know, God use you through music, you know, like that. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a component to why I can sit there and do whatever I feel like. And it's not, it's not even my ego. It's more, it's more like, no. I just, I just want to, I just know that whatever I'm feeling, I'm going to play it. And if, it, and, and if it's in the music, it's going to lift it. That's not ego at all. Yeah. And then, and then you yeah. go through the, you go through that period where, when you're young and you, and you, and you, I tried everything. I was tearing people's gigs up in my, in my youth because I was just trying to play, you know, everything. And then you go through that and you go, you get your ups and downs, you get fired, you go through all that kind of stuff. And then you start defining, you start shining your diamond. And so yeah. once your diamond is shining and it's off your finger, I mean, you know, look how ladies put their diamond, you know, put their diamonds on, but the, you know, you, when it's on your finger, it's like you want that, you, it's shining now, but that diamond came from coal mm. and all that work that it took for them to get that diamond to shine on your finger. Now it's shining. Yeah. So I get into the point where I'm shining now. So it's like, I just, I just shine. Okay. What are we playing? Are we going to play some hip? Whatever. Let's go. If I don't know it, I'm, I'm in it. If I don't know it, I dive in. Oh, we going to yeah. play poker today. Oh, let me get some poker records real quick. Hold on. Give, like, give me two days. <laughs> I'm I'm diving in. I'm just diving. I just yeah. go go because that's how my father taught. We 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 came up struck. You know, we came up struggling. We came up in the hood, yeah. and and there were many times where we had to go, go move, yeah, move, and that went into every period of our life. So with music, I'm never going to tell you no. Let's where are we going? Let's go. We play we playing jazz. We really finna play jazz. We playing. We really finna play like it's. It's a drive because I, 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 I pulled, I pulled everybody with me with that. All of my friends, like I've always, everybody who grew up with me, you no, know, I have always been like, Phew. that's how you know. Anyway, now back to your idea. I, back to what you were saying. I didn't mean, to interrupt you, but I was just telling you about no, why. No, that was totally on subject with it because I was just like, it's so fast, and then 
so perfectly executed <laughs> at this at this point where we're just like, and that's why you see the Eric Moores and all the other drummers in that video just stand, just surrounding you, uh-huh. right? And we all grew up together, man. I, you know. I, I know, but even even for They've us, all carried me out of clubs, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. But even for seeing you play so many times and knowing, like, oh yeah, that's Ron. Like, obviously, the expectations of you are at the utmost it's highest pressure, level. But then you still exceeded and exceed the those expectations. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a lot of pressure, man. It's a, that's the diamonds, it's the pressure, pressure right? It's a lot of it's a lot of. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of pressure to show up being okay all the time. Yeah, people don't people want to see you always in control. They don't want to see you in control, which is what creates the story. But when you're in control all the time, people want to see it like that a certain way. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure to come into a situation that everybody knows you can jump so high and then you can, you can don't, you know what I mean? Everybody knows you're Jordan. Everybody, you know, everybody, everybody knows how fast you run and how high you jump. And then there's those times where you're like, oh, I don't, you know, and that's when the times is like, oh, that's not, you know, it's pressure. Yeah. It's pressure. Like all those musicians in that room. All those music, um, there's multiple people in that room. That I, I, that lots of people, majority of everybody in that room that was supporting me, I support. Yeah. And they wanted to make, they wanted to get to get to get the get the cream of the person they're they're appreciating. For they're sure. appreciating tears. They're appreciating. They want the best for for their satisfaction. They want to be able to come to a show and be able to see this person at the, no matter what they're going through, they're gonna give you what you came to see. Yep. So that's pressure. And so for me. It's like it's like I I don't get nervous, never get nervous anymore. I'm very authoritative of what I do, but it's it's always like I always sit there before I before I start any note and I think like, okay, what's about to happen right now, and how can I make sure these people these people are happy? How can I make sure God's happy? How can I make sure my connection is clear? And how can I do this to the best of my ability? And that's kind of how I I kind of govern it. A lot of times I don't always do that. Sometimes and you know I get on certain gigs. I'm I'm emotional and sensitive. Sometimes I get on something and I just don't want to be there or I'm I'm upset or frustrated about something. I went to a phone call. Anything can trigger me. But majority of the time I'm I'm really trying to tap in. You know? Yeah. You know, playing with playing with Kenny Garrett, he really taught me about that. Continuously tapping in, no matter what I'm tapping in, no matter if my whatever it is, whatever I'm going through, I can put it out and push it out through my instrument. Yeah. Everybody's not like that, but some people are, and I'm I'm not fully like that. McKinney, but I'm I'm more so like a, a mix of that. But whenever I get there, I gotta. You're always giving, man. You're always giving. It's pressure when you're giving. Imagine you always donate the most money to something, and then one year you don't donate it. Yeah. Why didn't you donate that to us, Elmo? Well, this year I, I kind of felt. I you know, you you expect. I, I know I've yeah. done it eleven years. I know I've given you guys, you know, twenty five thousand dollars eleven years. This year I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do something else with it. No, no, no. This is no. We we've always counted on you for this. Now yeah. you have now your pressure. Our expectations, I. You know, it's part of the game. Seems like you handled the pressure well, man. I'm trying to crush that shit. Yeah, right now with, with, with your shoe, big ass. With the shit on, just step on that shit. <laughs> step on him, <laughs> step on him, hoes. <laughs> All right, well, yo, we're gonna we're gonna take a break and play, play some music real quick. Oh man, you know what's really crazy? I'm gonna tell you one thing about me. Yeah, and this is probably gonna be weird. I'll tell okay. you a little fun fact about Ronald. Let's get weird. I never listen to records I play on. Really? Never. You listen, so in the studio, you're making it. It comes out. I, it's done. Never. Um, well, I would love not to even f- not even like if I, if I, I might hear a song or something, but I never sit down. Like no. Are record. you not interested? No. I, Stanley <laughs> Clark told me why I look back. Huh. You'll like hear. It. He said he. You'll hear it in passing. Yeah, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. You remember what you wrote, unless unless you only only time I listen to a record is if I have to learn something that we play. But other than that, if I played on something with you, 
or anybody. I don't listen to it. Never look back. Never. What's what's one of the best lessons you've learned from Stanley? Stanley Clark. So many. <laughs> How to be, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll tell you one thing that was really cool is he taught me the, the, the king aspect and the regalness of being a musician and being, of being a musician in the, in the place that I was and what, what I was creating, you know, as far as like the musical excellence. He taught me how to ex- ex- exist. Him and George Duke, they taught me how to exist in the excellence, mm. being regal. I did take it a little bit out of control because I had a big ego. And I, I heard the point. They were saying, you know, Ronald, you can be the... And I was like, oh, I'm going to take this shit to the max. But <laughs> They're like, Ron, please. Yeah, well, well, not that much, Ronald. <laughs> like, oh, oh, whoa. And then, but but um, I, I really appreciate learning the, the qualities of, of, of being regal and, and taking this musical expression and this gift extremely seriously and making sure people take what you're doing seriously. When you walk in the room, control the room, control the energy, make sure that people, you know, it's, it's, it's a regal quality to being because there's not many people like us. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of greats, you know, there's a lot of greats and, 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 but there's, there's certain ones that like they, 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 they just stick out like a, a, a house painted, you know, lime green on the block of a whole bunch of brown cribs. It's like some, this, it's just what it is. And there's so many masters at so many different things, but I, and those, they taught me how to be a master yeah. at a young age, 25, 26. It was like, I was around these men and when they would, they, they, they commanded attention and regal qualities, no matter what circle they went. Now, mind you, it wasn't like a young, imagine a 25 year old being like, ah, I'm the greatest. Like it's different because I'm still saying that I'm, I'm with these guys that are confirming my greatness, but I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. So learning those qualities early, but that was, that was one of the most beautiful lessons, understanding who you are, understanding what you mean to this, understanding the regal aspects and the king aspects of this and making sure that you serve these people, serve the music. That's the lessons I learned from me. I learned that from Kenny. I learned that from everybody else around. When I was playing with Billy Preston when I was 17 and when I was playing with Raphael Sadiq when I was 18, all these people were teaching me how to be a king mm. of what I do. And that's the lesson that, you know, that's the lesson that's pushing my transition forward to being what I want to be is like those lessons with Stanley, George Duke. I remember being in situations where just getting checked, you know, and, and, and like, whoa, and, and grabbing myself. And it's, man, this is a consistent building Lego system of a human being. We all are. We're consistently adding pieces to our, you know, which are consistently building. And those lessons are so incredible, man. Like, yeah, Stanley, Stanley was, was, was stickler. And Stanley was also a stickler about understanding the tradition. Just mm-hmm. like Kenny. Always sticklers for me about making sure you, if you're going to play something, make sure you play it the best way it can be played so that nobody can say that that wasn't right. Right. You know? So, and I'm, I'm but, playing with so many people you know i learned those lessons i've been in situations where you're playing and you're not playing the right thing and the dude walk up to you and pour water on you like, yeah. you know you you know so you, you you learn that but so many valuable lessons man be a g keep that shit you've had so many i mean you have so many incredible giants bro, i'm gonna be the, i'm the teacher <laughs> yes <laughs> for sure well we're all excited to hear you sang play that yo so i'm gonna play yeah i'm gonna play the song stanley clark band with hiromi no big deal Good old Ronald Burner Jr. I haven't drums. heard this record. We won a Grammy off this record, and I never heard it. I was going to say, man, you won How the you do Grammy that? on this album, never and heard. you haven't heard never. it? 
You didn't even Only when you won I the Grammy when that I won the night. Grammy, I never played the record. Never. Really? All the records I played on with Kenny Garrett. I mean, every. I mean, literally, I I will hear it in passing. Like every time I don't play the record, somehow I get my pop car. He's playing the record. Yeah. Somehow I get you know so, you know like I'll go some like it's like whatever. I've been places and I've been in freaking casinos in in Vegas and heard myself on the in the on the showroom floor. Like oh snap, that's that record I. Did. My first time hearing it. Yeah, I'm like, wow, it's <laughs> Vegas. Like, oh, I'm like, there's, there's, oh, you just lost your house money. Oh, look, there's Ronald playing jazz. You don't know. <laughs> this dude just lost his house. He's sitting outside crying about to stab himself. No, do, 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 do. Oh, that's me playing. Like, <laughs> that's me playing in 2014. Wow, you know. How was it to win the Grammy? Oh, man, that shit is fire. Woo! It was good, too. Oh man! Especially you won the Grammy on an album where you're playing. Yeah, you. and I wrote on the record. You, I still get, yes. I still got money sitting in ASCAP for Good, that record. Get I that still money. haven't collected it. Actually, it's what Bob, they call that. Yeah. It's sitting there. It's just sitting there. You can stand. It was like, man, you gonna get your money? I was like, ah, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, that was that was a surreal moment. It was really cool because me and Steven, we both won Grammys. You know, that year he won three years after me. Or oh, that's when awesome. we did. So it was like we. Like to be in a family like that, we you know the family with three Grammys between the brothers. Between the brothers, man, it's like you couldn't tell me shit, man. You can't. I'm supposed to be fucked up, man. It's like, oh god, man. Like you won a Grammy at how was I 27 or something? <laughs> like I went in a Grammy wearing like I was like, oh, oh my god, you couldn't stop me. Oh my god, oh my god. It was like uh, <laughs> I was bringing. I, I damn near put a grant, put the Grammy on a necklace. I was like, ah, <laughs> like anybody, anybody, anybody would say anything. I was like, oh man, Ronald, you ain't. I'll be like, oh bro, hey man, <laughs> you know, you yeah. wanna have a drink of a, you know, the, uh, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, you couldn't. I was unstoppable with the Grammy. That's just like. And then you're like, yo, I got a note for the album. Yeah, right. yeah. So check this out, bro. Like, it, it, so it, I was it, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I was. It was. It was. It's a. It's a beautiful thing. And I. And I. And I appreciate that. I appreciate God allowing me to experience that. But it was wonderful, man. I, that was that. It was a lot of highlights in my life. But that one, uh, kicking it with Kendrick during the record, hanging out with Prince and being close with Prince for you know, four months and. Like it's just all this kind of stuff. I mean, kicking it with Michael Jackson, you know, and, and hanging out with Tupac when I was in eighth grade. Like no it's shit. all kind of like, I mean, just so many different moments in my life. Like, what was that four months with Prince? Uh, <sighs> Prince is always somebody that you know any any guy wants to, you know any musician wants to play with that because he's he he was a musician that was a star, but he was a musician. Always been a goal. Um. He was doing these parties at his crib. Uh, 3121? Around that time, but he had, he had got a crib in, in Bel Air here, and he was throwing L.A. parties every, every weekend, or, you know, and the cats were coming over. He'd just have everybody come home. And keep but, no, it wasn't 3121 that house. That was in Vegas. No, 3121 was the address of the Bel Air house. What? Yeah. The purple, and he, like, had, it, he had it like uh, the lights on it. It was purple. Well, the house was, it was, it was painted brown or, or painted brown the outside of the house okay but inside the house it was purple anyways okay continue it was it was, it was yeah but yeah. um i didn't i didn't know that was 3121 i think like it was like i think denzel lived it was whatever that little complex whatever that that off of my whole name was crazy i know the area yeah i know what you're yeah. talking about yeah and it, and and um he's had these parties all whatever and um so i was a, a friend of mine that was performing with him that i that i was you know a very close friend of mine and um, she, she would she she started working with him, and she I guess she told him at some point about there's these two brothers in L.A. that uh, 
that play, you should really hear these two dudes, it was me and Steven. So, like, you know, she said, you know, I got my, my buddies, my homeboys. Like, you know, I used to play with this guy, with this guy. You know, So Prince kind of started hearing about us. So when we went to a, me and Steven, I guess we went to a, it was either a D'Angelo show at the House of Blues or Keisha Cole or something. And um, and so me and Steven are standing at this, uh, oh, actually, no, 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 no. How did that go? Did we go over there before this happened or after? I think it was after. But we were me and Steven were standing at the little top area in the VIP area watching the show, and it was rough, man. It was like, oh, like, oh, it's like, it was like, oh, like, <laughs> not what, killing. Yeah, what was on stage? It was like, oh, shit, like, uh, like, it wasn't, it wasn't killing. And so all of a sudden, the VIP area got shut down randomly. And we like, man, what the hell is going on? We sitting there like, why is everybody acting all weird? The VIP area in his house. No, in- no, the VIP area in House of Blues. Oh, in House of Blues. Yeah, the upstairs, a little back. Yep. A little. yep. So we're, we're sitting there, we, you know, having our drinks, you know, whatever. And so all of a sudden, I get tapped on the shoulder, and it's my own group, Ronald. And then, she was like, hey, you know, hug, how you been? And I see you in a couple years. And, da, da, da. and so she's like, oh, 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 wait, no, wait, let me back it up, back up. Before she comes up, before she comes up, backstage gets shut down. Me and Steven are standing there, you know, just partying, having a shot or whatever. And so security walks in, and then Prince walks up in, in between uh, uh, me and Steven. And he, we, we turn around, and me and Steven turn around, and he goes, such and such. There's your drummer boyfriend, and I was like, I was like, nah, bro. Like, I was like, nah, 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 because because I guess when he when she told him about him, she was excited about him meeting us. And oh, okay. She, she texted me and said, hey, come to. Con-. I think we were at the concert because she said, come up to House of Blues, and I want you to, you know. So he comes up and he says that to her, and then and then he walks away. So she comes, hey, Ronald, oh, good to see you. He goes over there, but the whole time he's standing on the other side, but he's looking at me and Steven. He's like. Like on the other side of the room, but he's just he's just looking at us like, yep, this weird whatever. So the Prince stare, yeah, with the, yeah. whatever. But he's looking at us while stuff's happening. So the show's going on, stuff gets weird. Prince comes, <laughs> Prince comes back around. At this point, I was we were I didn't know he was there. Me and Steve, he I guess we stopped with the whole eye communicate eye fucking situation, and, and and so me and Steve are back focused on the concert, and um, so he comes back around and he's like, hey, uh, he walks up behind me and Steve and he's like. He's standing right between me. He's like, I want you guys to come over to the house. Uh, you know, I'll let you know the address. And he moves on. So at that point, my friends from this group called Jay Davey, shout out to, to Brooke DeLue and, and uh, Brianna and Jack Taylor. I mean, Jack Davey, I'm sorry. Um, but um, so they they like, oh, we're going over to Princess Row with us. I think we were at we, some other night. We were at the Roxy. And so my homie was like, hey, we're going over to Princess House. Let's roll. Like, all right, cool. So we go over there. Me and Steve's going just hanging out. Now, at this particular time, we didn't play. Prince had his band there and basically serving food, getting lit, and just acting the fool at his house. And if he, you were good, you were good. Stay there, sun comes up, whatever. We're all just hanging out. And then, um, so I, it got to a certain point where I wanted to play. And, you know, and, and me and Steven wanted to play. So he was letting people sit in, you know, whatever. And so an opportunity, he was like, okay, hey, you know, both come, you guys come play, right? And he put us in this situation with this trash guitar player. So me and Steven had, I don't mean to say it like that, but hell yeah, it was trash. I did mean to say it like I that. I understand. I'm not, I'm not, not going to take it back. Yeah, dude, you were trash. I'm not going to say your name. You let's, were trash. Let's be real. So, um, so I, I, felt, I felt robbed. 
Like me and Steven felt robbed because we had to try to lift this guy that had no idea what we could, what what the potential of what can happen musically. We had to lift this guitar player and he couldn't go there with us. So I felt robbed. So at that particular moment, Prince, he was like, eh, whatever, kind of sort of towards me. And I was like, oh, it's not, it's, I mean, just towards the performance. And I was like, no, sir, that doesn't go down. Ronald doesn't go, I don't go down like that. So I chalk it up to the game. I kick it with Prince. We kick, now I'm not at this point, Prince knows me, but he just knows me as like just a guy, you know, just hanging out. We were cool. You know, he took me around the house and showed me. Showed me one of the bikes and took me to the other. Yeah, he was cool. He took me to the swimming pool. We just had it like this. He was just being real personal because he appreciated our musicianship. Real cool. So that was the party. We went to his house maybe three or four times. Got lit over there. Had great arguments with famous people. Great, 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 good times. Fast forward uh, five or six years. Whatever. I get a I get a phone call. Shout out to my boy Benzel. Benzel, he's the one that. So so there was a, a bass player, a female that was playing in the band at that time, and so Prince asked her would you like to play drums with you? And so she said, me. I didn't even, I, I know her, I know her. She's a friend of mine. And I didn't even know that she, we, we never had opportunity to play together, but I guess she was like, yo, I want to play Ron. I want to check out the vibes. So she was, I guess she had another thing with her, with her career. So she left the band. So she connected with Benzel. Benzel gave her my number. She gave it to Prince. I'm sitting in the living room in January, 2000. 13 or 12 or something like that, sitting in the living room. And uh, I get a phone call from someone that said, hey, man. Oh, no, I get a phone call from her, the bass player. Who, who is the bass player? Nick. Nicky, Nick West. Nick West. Yeah, yep. so she calls me. She says, hey, Ronald. I was like, yo, you know, what's up? And then we, I, I you know, hey, hi. You know, yeah. great guy. Hey, Ronald. Um, yo, um, I got somebody who's going to be calling you. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, yeah, um, he's going to be kidding you up. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you answer the phone so you can figure out, you know, kind of. I think you probably know who it is, but, you know, he's going to call you. I was like, wow, for real? Yeah. And so then maybe like three hours later, I get a phone call from someone. And it wasn't him, but the phone call was, uh, are you available um, to leave tomorrow to, to, to go to Minnesota? Prince wants to play. Prince wants to, you know, do some, play some music with you. I was like, yeah, I'm available. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down. It's like tomorrow. Cool. We have a car come pick you up. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, wow. Like, this is the beginning of the week. I'm like, oh, this is like Monday. It's lit. Oh, like the Monday. So I'm like, oh, like that. So I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm telling, I'm telling you, yeah, making a, oh, bro. So I go, to, I go to, uh, I get on a plane on Tuesday morning. And first class was beautiful. Limo comes, picks me up from my crib, drives me to the airport, get on a plane, first class, get off the plane, limo picture, take me to hotel. So I get to the hotel. So I start reaching out to the liaison. Hey, you know, I'm here. I've arrived. and I'm in a hotel room. So this Tuesday goes by, nothing. Okay, cool. Wednesday goes by, nothing. All right, so now, now I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm in this really nice hotel. Got a big suite and everything. It's a nice hotel. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you the whole story if we have time. Let's go. Okay, so I'm in this really nice hotel. He puts us in his place. He's called the Chan Hassan Suites. Pretty cool, nice spot. Um, so Wednesday goes by, nothing. Thursday go by, goes by, nothing. I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? I'm trying to reach, but nobody's reaching me. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go hang out in Minneapolis. So I, I got friends out there. So I just, I'm just starting to do this. I'm hanging out at bunkers and, you know, doing just being a Minnesotan, <laughs> a LA Minnesotan for a moment. As you do. Friday goes by, no phone call. I'm like, man, what is going on? I've been sitting here since Tuesday. 
nobody and then all of a sudden i go downstairs and i start seeing other musicians i start seeing andrew goucher and other musicians i'm like okay so something's happening but i don't understand why i'm not getting anything back and he's like man don't worry about it they're gonna call you back saturday happens no phone call at this point i'm like man i'm flying myself to the crib like i'm not i've been sitting here for a week i could have i could have done other things yeah i get a text now prince doesn't but at the time prince he he was he, he's, he's Jehovah, jehovah's witness so he didn't do anything on sunday like i think like midnight or one o'clock in the morning on Sunday, I get a text, be downstairs at 11 o'clock in the morning. Some be downstairs at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man, I'm not, at this point I'm frustrated. I've been beating in my pockets. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm do, everything I'm doing is coming out of my pockets. Yeah. I'm like eating out of my pockets. I'm like, ah, da, 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 da. I'm like, now I'm getting kind of pissed off. Like you just, you're, you're, you're being at, like you're being asked, you know, that this guy, I don't know anything about what's going on in your, your connections. So I come downstairs, 10 o'clock, ready to play, go downstairs. And, uh, the assistant, you know, we, you know, we go to Paisley. I'm like, wow. Paisley Park. Paisley Park. Like, you go to Paisley and they pick us up. I'm in the car with everybody. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like, with Goucher? Yeah, Goucher. Nice. The other musicians in the band. I'm like, oh, man, I'm meeting everybody. Like, oh, what's up, man? Around kind of, we all, we, I didn't know a lot of them, but Goucher. You're the chosen one yeah, to go to Paisley so I was, Park. I was, I was so new. So I was, I'm yeah, the new guy yeah. in the situation. Yeah. So um, this is great. This is great. So, um, we go, we go to uh, Paisley and they go in the big room with the big, the big, whatever. And so the assistant says, you know, set the drums up wherever you want to set them up. And, and, uh, you know, Prince will be down. And they started, they started giving us rules. Don't do this. Don't, don't, you know, let him come to you. Da, 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 da. Don't do this. Don't, don't call him P. Don't do all this. Da, 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 da. So I was like, you know, if you know me, I'm not doing what you say to <laughs> I'm going to act like it and I'm going to do exact. I'm just because that's just me. I'm, I just want to, I don't give a damn about ruffling these feathers. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on the same level as Prince. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like as far as like gift and measurement of gift, you know, God does what he does. So like, I feel like you got me here cause you know what's about to happen. And I got you here cause I know what's about to happen. So whatever God created this connection, you know, for, for the peers. Anyway. So she gives me all these rules. And so I look at Andrew, Andrew was like, whatever, whatever. So, she says, you know, when he comes in, you know, don't go shake his hand. Like, just, you know, all these. So I'm sitting drunk, got the drum set up. So we're sitting there for like a couple of hours. Man, what the hell? I'm just warming up. So after a while, I'm already ready to go. And it was just me, the bass player, and the piano player. So in, so from the, off in the distance, you see this dude wearing the Minnesota, Minneapolis uh, Lakers, like the, 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 you know, the, the rip away, the, the buttons, the, the buttons, right? So you, I see this little dude come in here. Full, like he had a gray, he had a goat, he was like a beard, it was gray beard, and he had an afro, but he had gray, I guess he hadn't dyed it yet, so it had like gray streaks, and I was like, wow, like, so he comes in, but he's wearing the the Lakers shit with some, with some uh, bell bottoms on, with some blinky dudes, he has some heels that had lights in them. <laughs> so he's walking towards the, he's walking towards the stage, way wow. off in the distance, so we're sitting like, oh, I'm like, wow, i like, this, you know, there's P, like, you know, so... Everything she told me to do, don't don't say, don't call him Pete, don't shake his hand, like, let him come, don't do that, don't do all that. Soon as he got close to the stage, my ass went right up to him. What's up, P? Uh! <laughs> <laughs> he, he took the he took it he took the handshake. Yeah, and I pulled him in for a hug. Man, oh man, good to see you again. <laughs> and he he did not act shocked. Nice. He was he was he was like, hey, you know, how you doing? And he's like, how you doing, RBJ? Nice. He was he he was the first guy to call me RBJ. RBJ, no like, way. How you doing, RBJ? It's good to see you. You've been good. It's like yeah, yeah, you know, I've been good. 
but he, I don't think he believed, he didn't really, because of the other performance, I didn't play well. It wasn't, right. it wasn't great. So I think he just thought like he had heard that I was supposed to be this great whatever, but it was like that performance, me and my brother were kind of stuck. Stuck. We yeah. were stuck. We couldn't, I couldn't play child. It was like we were just in this limbo the whole six or seven minutes, eight minutes we're playing. So he didn't know the level. He thought I was maybe like just an R&B drummer, or sure. gospel drummer, or whatever. He thought I was just on that. So... Um, he tried to, tr- so we, you know, we, we talk, we start, so he started, you know, hey, we're just, you know, just going, you know, it's just that. How's your brother? You know, hey, man, he's good. He said, you know, you know, you guys are the good brothers. He wouldn't call us Bruno brothers. Cause at the time we were calling each other Bruno because we had a record we were doing in 2008 and we started doing shows called the Bruno brothers. It was me and Steven. That was the, that was when I actually did my first album trying was 2008. Mm. Anyway. Um, so he was, he started calling us the good brothers and me and Steve was like, man, we need the good brothers. We Bruno. Like, ain't no, I don't know what the hell the good brothers are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, so. We, so we're hanging. So now we're starting to be social with Prince. Everything's going cool. We're social, and you know, so Prince comes up on stage. And he, you know, he sees everybody's warmed up, and Prince, you know, when he's on when he's on stage with fellow musicians, he likes to. Um, I'll speed it up. He likes no, to. Okay, he, he likes. He likes to uh, let you know that like he's one of you when he's in that energy. When yeah. he's when he's being a musician, he's not when he's not being the dude jumping around on stage and doing splits off of pianos and you know and blah, 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 blah. he's not doing all that. He 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 knows how to switch into the role of being a musician in a band. Like he he knows how to turn that on. Where it's not about the star; it's about how collectively we can do. So he turns into that guy, the Gemini. Turns into that guy. Now he's a buddy with us. Now we're on stage and we're like like we're like in the garage and like we're about to start working on our new show for this thing we're doing on Friday for the high school. It's like talent. It's like that. Nice. So then he goes. He gets in the mic. He says, "Uh, he says, uh, RBJ, uh, do you know Stratus?" And I looked at him and I was like, "Are you sure?" And now Stratus is Billy Cobb's. Yeah, of course. So you're telling this Billy Cobb kid you, phenomenon. You want me to go off? You want me to play? Str- are you? And I said to him, "Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure, Prince? If he was alive, he, I, he he remember. I said, "Are you sure? You sure?" He was like, "What do you mean? Am I sure?" I said, "Are you sure?" So he looked at me. He was like, "Okay." Now, mind you, he doesn't know that I can do that. He just thinks I'm this guy. Right, man. We start the tune, and we play the tune. I play very nicely. I don't play anything, any any frills. Just give it a good feel. Feel good. Playing a group. Just groove it. I just wanted to feel good. No chops. So then we got we get to his section. He solos and you know and you know he solos and it gets and it gets to that part. And I looked at him and I was like, I was like. And I proceeded to knock, beat the dog shit. <laughs> I was knocking down cymbals. The drum set was crumbling. <laughs> I was beating them drums so hard. I mean, it was like, God, I was like, ah. And then we got to the end. And then I had the double kick pedal. It was all a problem then because it was like, and this was going, so every, you just heard like, like imagine just, just everybody in the neighborhood. I was playing drums for my life. I was playing drums that day. That, that one moment, I was like, I am going to show you who I am. He took his guitar off and this note, he took the guitar and threw it in the air. And this dude came out of nowhere and caught it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I swear to God. So this is the first time. So now he, now 
his reaction was, I do don't do get to do don't 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 all that right. So he takes guitar and he's like, Oh my god! He goes, he throws the guitar, and this dude comes out, catches it. He goes, I'll see you tomorrow, RBJ. Yes. That was the gig. Yes. Dude, he throw you the best bone pot. He didn't even realize it either. Could you do this? He was like, he was like, can you do, uh, can you, you know Stratus? Can you play Stratus? I was like, are you sure? You were like, I've been waiting my whole, whole life, life for this moment. Man. Dude, that was the, that was it. That was the pinnacle. That was the moment. And then he said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, wait, uh, what? And then I, so then I was like, man, you know, I'm not like, I was like, how you gonna see me tomorrow? I don't, I don't know what's going on. So he's like, uh, I said, uh, I said, so I went, I'm like, man, I don't, I'm supposed to go back home. I got other gigs and stuff going on. Like, you know, and so I told, I told, I said, you know, you, you I told his sister, I said, you know, you had me sitting here for a week, man. You know, like, uh, what are we doing? I, and I didn't know Prince had had shows lined up. He has something he had to do. So he didn't, he don't tell you that you just, you're, when you're with Prince, you're just with Prince, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever Prince does, you just in it, whatever. Like if Prince feels like we gonna go over here and play it. He ran him, you know, whatever. So you, you got to be aware of that. So I, I, I was like, man, you know, like uh, Prince was standing on the other side of the room. He's going to the, the sound, the, the, the mixing council, whatever. And so the assistant came up. So Prince was was uh, standing. He came back to stage. And so Prince heard me. I was like, man, this is like, this is crazy. Like, I wasn't mad, but I was upset that like I had never been put in a situation where I was kind of like taking advantage of like you, you, you're just sitting there like. A stupid, like just waiting to find out what. So I kind of got a little funny. Like I was yeah, like, man, yeah. you know, you know, uh, this is weird. You for felt me. a little disrespected. Yeah, I felt a little disrespected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Prince walks up and he goes. So he he hears me talking to his sister and he walks up and he goes. Uh, he said, uh, so he's listening to me. I'm like, man, you know, P. I'm like, and so I start directing again at him. P. Like, you know, I, I know you're, I know you're super busy, and I, I'm, I'm so humbled and appreciated this opportunity, and I will be here for you. But man, like, you know, this has been. Weird. He's like, give me your account number. And I was like, what? Like, give give your account number to what's your name? I was like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up that next morning with the most money I ever got paid in a one-time thing. Yes. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I went to the Mall of America and blew that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Mall of bro, I took that first check, man. <laughs> I went, I went to every high-end store in that Mall of America and bought something. I bought belts, t-shirts, belts, shoot socks, every man. <laughs> and then from that moment on, I was on, I was with him. I was with him. We had we had some great, we had some great, great wow, times. Great dude. times together. Great times. Some good times. We had some disagreements. We've had we had some moments. One time I was practicing. He used to trip. I went, I would go there a little bit earlier to Paisley before everybody would get there so I could just shit. Not on his music, because I kind of knew his music and he would. He was basing everything off the ear, and so a lot of his repertoire I kind of knew. And if I didn't know it, it was like I could kind of like grab onto it, you know, go to the record, do, you know, ingest it, eat it, you know, do it through the through the night, come back to rehearsal the next day, know the songs, like, you know. So he was always switching stuff. It's just like he wanted you to learn his catalog. But there was one particular time I would go in there, and I was just, I just wanted to practice. I felt like I just wanted to get you know my hands get better. And one day I was sitting in one of the one of the rooms there, and there was like this control room where you can see. You can, you know, you can see the person in the control who was mixing the sound for the room. So I'm in this, I'm in this place. Now he lives there, but I'm in this particular room by myself. There's no, there's only one entrance. One, there's two entrances, one there right here. So I can see whoever comes in the room, whoever doesn't come in the room, the door, you know, I can see it. I can see who's in the room. There's nobody in this room. Like it's like the only exits are here. Yeah. Right. So we, we can see this. So I close my eyes. I get into it. 
And then I'm, I'm whatever, I'm 34, I don't know how long I was into it. And I open my eyes, and he's standing in the control room in the window looking at me, right? He's just like staring at me. Just standing there. And I'm like, so I'm looking, I'm still practicing. I'm looking, I'm like, I'm like, oh snap. Like, so what's up, Pete? You know, protecting workers, my ideas, whatever. And then I close my eyes again, and then he disappears. I was like, man, so and when he came back down for rehearsal later, I was like, man, where the hell is that fun slide? I wonder how I was like, <laughs> the fun slide. How, where did, how did you get in and out of that room without, how, how, the, how did the fuck you do that? He's like, RBJ, it's me, remember that. <laughs> remember that and moved away. It's me, RBJ, it's me, remember wow. that. Wow. He just popped up. It was a millisecond. I went like, open eyes. Hey, what's up, Pete? Sticking air. <sighs> Gone. I was like, oh, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, we disappearing on motherfuckers now. Okay. Holy I see what you do with me. Oh, 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 are you, are you playing games? You disappear. Where you at, motherfucker? Where's the fun slide at? <laughs> He's like, I built this building. You don't think yeah, there's yeah, little yeah. loops remember, and holes? Remember, and- RBJ, it's me. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> you All think right. I'm going to tell you? No, yeah, exactly. How about I wire you more money? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want another check? Here you yeah. It's fun. But I have, I have Dude, so many stories. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a great, he was a great boss. And, wow, and he man. really, he really fueled my ego. I was bad. I was, ooh, I was. Bad little mo- I was bad. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. Like you just couldn't tell me nothing. When Prince started confirming that I was what he thought I was and how how great he, you know, how and I have some very intimate stories with him. Yeah. But 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 when he started like really showing me his appreciation for me, like yeah. the way he would do it, I took that shit to my head. I took it to my head and I was savage. Savage. And then Prince would see the savage shit I would do and laugh about it. He would be like RBJ, did you do that last night? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was. He was like, <laughs> here we go, one, <laughs> two, three. Because <laughs> he wow. was, he had his moments, like he knew his darknesses. So it, yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a very, we had a very cool relationship. Even, even before he died, um, he, the way I departed the situation, I had another obligation with another artist, and he don't like you playing with other people, yeah. especially the artist I was playing with. She, she's very close to him. She's like his family, so he felt that I was. After all he had done for me, he felt that I was kind of going. Who was it? Shaka. Oh, Shaka Khan. Shaka's yeah. like my second mother. Like I yeah. played with her for eleven years. Like she, she, that's like my second mama. And um, so I always honor her because Shaka's had my back through thick and thin. You know, yeah. I was, I had, I was, I mean, at one time I was doing like five, six different gigs. Shaka was part of all that. Like Shaka, I'm doing Shaka, Prince, George Duke, Stanley Clark. I mean, it was Kenny Garrett. Like I was doing all this stuff at, at all, like just making just doing it and um so i wasn't going to let shaka go because shaka was always there for me before prince mm-hmm. and then the shaka's security was prince's security so he was getting on my case he's like when are you going to tell shaka that you playing with prince because prince is going to take you away from her and you know that she is not you know she needs to you need to confirm with her so he was putting all this pressure on me and so when i made the decision i said i'm going to honor her prince got mad mm. how dare you as much as I forget, you know, I've been to you, how, how, how would you leave me? I was like, I'm not leaving you. I'm just honoring the obligation. I don't know what we're going to do and you don't say anything. Yeah. Okay. And, he, and, and so, so it was like, it was, it was peaceful. Yeah. He, sent, he sent me home in a private jet. It was beautiful. Sick. Peaceful. Um, actually, he sent me home on a private jet twice. Oh, that was, that was one of the 11 or 12 times I rode private jet, but he was like three of those times. Anyway, the shout out to private jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> when that happened, uh, it was it was like it was like it was in a weird place. I was I was always he always had me in limbo. He always think, he had me thinking I was gonna come back to Paisley. So one day we go to a, I went to go see one of the, one of the homegirls that that sings with him, Liz. Um, 
and um, Liv, Liv Warfield. I went to go see her perform with her band. And all the all of the all of the squad from from Pete from P's gig, the, the female singers, that we they were all everybody was there to support her. They were all in LA. And so I'm I was I went with I went with Battle Cat. Shout out to my boy Kev Gilly. Yeah, my dog, my dog Battle Cat. Since since seven years old, eight years old. Um so me and Battle Cat and a bunch of friends went to go see Liv to support her. We all, you know, she's an amazing, amazing artist. And um so I see everybody, and everybody, oh, RBJ, and everybody's hugged all the ladies, hey, Ron, I'll get to see you, RBJ, how you been? And so Prince is sitting on the top of the, on the top of the VIP seat, the seating area, sitting there, and I hadn't seen him since he got mad at me, so I, I, I tried to, I was trying to go into the VIP area, he sees me, he see, I'm trying to go into the VIP, because everybody in the VIP area knows it's me, so he sees me sitting, he's sitting with his glasses on, staring me directly in my face, with the little three, with the little three things, the... He's sitting there staring directly in my face. And, 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 and so I, I, I try to sneak my security. He's like, nah, bro, go back over there. And I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> like, nah, nah, bro. I see everybody here know you, but nah, you can't come in. I was like, wait a minute, man. That's P. I was like, P. He was like, no. <laughs> wow. He was like, no. And so I was like, all right, cool. No big deal. So then I go and I go stand out in the audience and I watch the show. So then about, about an hour into the show, whatever, Battle Cat goes, hey, hey. He's like, hey. Prince is standing right behind you. I was like, word. I, I was like, so I'm, I'm standing there inside. I didn't turn around. He was just standing right behind me. I didn't turn around. And he comes in my ear and he goes, how are you, RBJ? <laughs> I was not just, I leaned back and say, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I miss you, man. He's like, I miss you too. I will see you soon. We'll be working together very soon. I will talk to you later. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I was like, all right, man, just, you know, call me up whenever you want to. He's like, good to see you. And he walked away. And that was how we ended it. That's and a he, lot for me. He passed away. Oh, he passed away. Right, like, and, and I think, I think, I think after me, it was, oh. it was a couple of guys that came in. I know Hannah was doing it. She was, oh, she was there when I was there, and then I think Tayron did it. But he was, it was, it was maybe like the year before he passed away. Man, and it was very, it was very, it was, it was very good to know that he fully, fully knew who I was, fully respected me as as someone that wasn't just normal. You know, it wasn't normal. Same thing with Steven. I'm not surprised. He man. wanted Steven to play with him. When Steven started popping off his records, he wanted Steven. And it just wasn't normal, you know. Um, so shout out to him, man. Rest in peace to one of the greatest. One of the greatest ever, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I got amazing, so many stories like dude. that, man. I mean, I mean, do we want to dabble into Michael Jackson's? Uh, Michael Jackson's uh, oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, Michael Jackson, <laughs> that was a George Duke connect. Right? We, we, were at a, we were at a function in Michael Jackson. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I had about three or four encounters with him. I went to one of the This Is It rehearsals. Really? Yeah, before they before they did uh before they went to the forum. I went to when they rehearsed at Center Stage in the They were at thing. Center Stage? Yeah, it was hanging. with Michael Bearden? Yeah, Michael Bearden. Yeah. And he walked in and, and but he remembered me before he met me. I was doing a thing for for George Duke for the Rainbow Co- was the Rainbow Coalition or the, I think it's Rainbow Coalition yeah, yeah, with yeah. Jesse Jesse Jackson. And uh and so he he I guess this particular one he decided to come. And uh, he came for the whole the whole thing and hung out and and then watched us play. We did like a whole set. We were like the house band, but George did a whole set. He saw the whole set, and then afterwards we went backstage and he was back there and he was totally cool. Man, you guys are killing, man. You know, you guys sound great. Is this the drummer? Oh man, I said I met you back, and he said, Oh yeah, you went to that school back in the day. Because he he did a thing at at my school where a bunch of the musicians at the school went up to Santa Maria to go to the to go to uh uh, uh what's what was his part called? One, was it Wonderland? Or no, Michael Jackson's Park. Neverland. 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 So Neverland. a bunch of the kids from my school, they all went up there. You, which school? 32nd Street. It was like a magnet, performing arts magnet school in LA, right across the street from um, USC. And so a bunch of the kids that went there, but he, but 
he had people come to school to see the musicians and you know he wanted to like so the people came but I didn't go that particular time because I think my family has something else to, to go to so he had remembered that then he had remembered me seeing me with George Duke and so the next time I saw him he kicked everybody out the room but and I got to sit there behind Jonathan Moffat and watch him Wow, and it was just him. He was just going over stuff, and I just got to sit there right behind him, like watch. Everybody else had to leave, but I, he, you know, Jonathan was like, "This is my, this is one of my protege." I, you know, I put me. You know, he's like, "Oh, I saw you with George too," and I was like, "Yeah, you came. You, you know, your your assistant came to school. Oh yeah, with the for the magnet school, and oh yeah, he's like, oh man, you you're good." Everybody else out. Wow. So I just got to sit there. He wasn't going crazy. That was yeah. when he had on the Nightmare Before Christmas. He, he wore the same outfits all. He had the Nightmare wow. Before Christmas with the with the shoulders with the oh yeah 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 awesome sauce. Wow. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. That's so cool. Blessed by MJ. Yeah, man. Cool. Good times. All right. You got a Tupac story? Oh, yeah. Eighth grade Tupac. Yeah, that was that. That was a, a panel discussion that he was at, and they couldn't get him to stop cussing. <laughs> at the school? Yeah, it, it, was, it was at USC. It was, it was USC. It was, I, I, my music teacher took us to it, but I can't remember if it was USC or it was, it was some kind of hall. Like a... It was like a hall. It was like a, yeah, like a, like a, I'm, I'm thinking it was the Beauvoir Auditorium, but I don't think it was the Beauvoir. Do you know CPM? You, you went to USC. Beauvoir. But I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if it was, I have pictures of it. I have photos of it. I'm just trying to remember the venue. I think either we took a field trip to this thing or we walked over to Beauvoir. Anyway, it was a bunch of people on the panel. It was a bunch of people, a bunch of artists, producers, famous people. And, and it, Tupac wasn't the only rapper on it. It was like, I think it was like LL. It was like, uh, not LL. It was like, whatever. But we were all enamored because Tupac was there. So yeah. when Tupac got his chance to speak, he was trying to encourage us to chase our dreams. But he was encouraging us to like, hey man, you little motherfuckers out here, y'all got to get y'all shit together. You know what I'm saying? This, these streets are treating y'all like that. He was very, very prolific with expressing to us to go, immediately go for what you're going for now. Don't yeah. wait. Whatever you got, whatever God put in you, whatever you're supposed to be here doing, do that shit. And, and you imagine you telling a kid like an eighth grader, I'm fucking 11 or 12, you know, whatever. You're telling me this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just enamored because you're telling me in the most realest way. And there's no, there's no short, there's no, you know, meandering or pussyfooting around what you, t- you're trying to get a point across. And they were like, oh, pop, pop, he's a kid, you know, calm. No, no, they, they got to know. So afterwards, you know, we when he sit on, and we go through the whole thing. Thing is over. At the end, him and the security they come around. They start. And everybody gets to shake his hand. And I walked up to him. My friend Just, and we walked up to him. Nice to meet you, man. So, oh, you know, man, you know, we musicians. And oh man, good. He was. And y'all keep going. Don't don't let nothing stop. Don't let the system or nothing. He was very prolific about doing your thing. Sick. And that was my interaction with him in in, in ninety. That was ninety. Yeah, I want to say before June. So maybe like. Either he just got out of jail or he was going to jail. Something right. like that. Wow, dude. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, good good times. Good times. I have photos of it, too. To live and die in L.A. Yeah, man. I was there. We're still living here, bro. We're lucky. I am never leaving. feel very my grateful. It's my favorite place in the world. Very grateful that we were born here. Hell yeah. We're so lucky, man. I tell people that all the time. I was like, you don't yeah. understand what these 85-degree Christmases feel like every year. <laughs> <laughs> This shit is crazy. I'll be trying to... 95 you, sometimes. You ever, you, ever put, yeah. you ever put a drum rug and blankets over your window so you can't see the light on Christmas morning? So you're, <laughs> <laughs> you ever go... I mean, I can't tell you how many how many bikes I got as a kid and went immediately outside with shorts and a t-shirt on at 90 degrees. <laughs> oh, yeah, chestnuts, right? Ain't no chestnuts roasting in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't no fireplaces. But uh, yeah, so I love being from here. This, this, is, this, is, this is... I mean, hey, man. And I tell people, everybody who's from here is comfortable here. If you're from here, you know how to survive. You know how to get around all the makeup. You know how to get all the fake around, all the fake shit. 
You know how to do it. Everybody here ain't paying what people are paying to move here. We ain't paying that. Yeah. I'm not paying that. No, no, no. <laughs> I got a nice crib. I'm not paying that. Yeah. Not at all. Because <laughs> I'm from here. But yeah. you come in, so me, it's, it's so, it's, and, and now it's become the place to, like, what other place in the U.S. right now can you actually be creatively free other than maybe New York? But New York is so expensive. Here's expensive too, but the every every majority of the, the the avenues to be creative and to get to the people you want to appreciate your creativity and get the opportunity to is here the opportunities are all opportunities here. are here yeah. yeah the people are here people are here yeah the people make the opportunities you people can do it from wherever but you got even if you're going to live somewhere else that's fine not everyone is lucky enough to be from here but if you're going to be somewhere else try to save up your money come here come once once every two months yeah come here as much as you can Stay I knew people that used days, to come here and say people. they lived here. Yeah. Just, just, and, 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 oh yeah, I'm, I'm in LA. Bro. And you never see the motherfucker through the week, but all of a sudden on the weekend he's here. I've seen people do that to get work. We see it in Jamcard. Yeah. We see it in Jamcard. We, 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 we see people that are like, they write Los Angeles mm-hmm. and they live in Vegas mm-hmm. or where they live or Nevada or somewhere. And then they're just like, well, give me the opportunity. They're like, rehearse tomorrow. I, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. I live in LA. But then it's drive in yeah. or fly in. Yeah. I, under, I, I respect that hustle. I know I a guy that was doing that from it's Atlanta. Like, it's, he was coming into LA saying he was here. Because well, yeah, I mean, we live in it's 2022. There's 100 flights a day from Atlanta to LA or wherever you are to LA if you're in the country. And even if you're interna- even if you're in Dubai, it's once mm-hmm. a day. It just takes a full day. Mm-hmm. But to to hustle that, I respect a lot. If, especially if you're coming out your own pocket, like oh yeah, rehearse tomorrow in LA. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. And you're buying your plane ticket and pretending like you're here because you want that opportunity because you're trying to get to the next level. I have a lot of respect. I, for I definitely, I definitely yeah. respect those people. Yeah. I definitely because it's there, you know, and and some I've seen I've seen it work. I've seen I've seen guys go from like the opportunity, and all of a sudden they take the opportunity and they're back and they're doing it. Now they gotta, you know, now they got their way in. Yeah, I I think the hustle, the hustle is beautiful, man. You gotta have some hustle. You gotta have some hustles here. You gotta have some some hustling skills here. Have to. You got to. These shit out here is these streets out here. the, 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 The 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 mindset of the people that don't have it and how they're going to get it. It's it's dangerous out here in L.A., man. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You got to have some. You got to have some stick and move shit. You got to. You got to get it around. And especially, and the only reason I know is coming up in a generation where the gang shit was so intense. Yeah, yeah. That the only way out was us playing music. For sure. The only other options we. I mean, I mean, we in high school. I mean, high school, middle school, man. It was like we had friends that were like right there next to us, getting dying. Yeah. Dying. Three funeral. I went to. I remember I was turning 18 and I went to four funerals in one year for people that were my age. It's horrible. Get one dude getting shot by the police. The other homie getting shot in the gang situation. Another homie getting beat up. The other dude in a car accident. It was like, what the fuck? Like, but that yeah. was the nineties. Yeah. So you growing up in that, you like, I, I used to use this music now. And now it's also a part of why I wanted to be exceptional on my instrument. Cause I wanted to get out the fucking hood. Yeah. I was, I was born out. there. I was born. Out. My dad, he loves the hood. He, he feel he ne- my dad will never leave the hood. Yeah. But for me, I was like, I don't, it was cause I was, I was a part of that, that, that thing where it was like, either you're going to be from this or we going to fuck you up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a musician. So the way, the way I got around it was I would play beats for the Crips. I, I play beats. I'd be around the homies and, and, and I play that beat cause and I'd be like, all right. Yeah, that's your man, bro. I can't tell you how many times I saved my life by playing a survivor and thing. I can't tell you how many times I saved my life with you know, like just showing, you know, being. I just we got to get, you know, we had to get get the ways out. But when I got comfortable here, I was like, man, this I'm not gonna sit. Yeah, man. I get to go home and stand on my balcony, see the mountains, and 
I'm breathe. from the mountains, bro. I grew ah. up. In, I grew up in Sierra Madre. Oh wow, a little mountain town in Pasadena. In Pasadena. Yeah, 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 dude. Hey, man, that's that's my I'm a little a, hippie town. Yeah, dude. I came from some hippie parents sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the fucking mountains. Oh, Pasadena was the shit when I was younger. That that area was lit. That was there was a gig I used to do in Pasadena. Um, every Saturday, this place I forgot what it was called. It was like a sofa restaurant, but me and my brother and a bunch of guys. We like we were 14, 15 years playing. I I love Pasadena. Um. I so, love that area. Yeah, Pasadena is beautiful. And Sierra Madre, all that. Sierra Madre, man. That's my hood. That's where I grew up. My mom still is in Altadena. Altadena. Super lit. Altadena. Yeah. People are moving to Altadena now. Really? Yeah. I mean, but I'm sure everything is like really crazy high right now up yeah. over that area. Well, I mean, LA, LA in general, which obviously pushes people further out, but like Altadena and like the, the Pasadena area, even South Pasadena, shit's popping. Shit's so expensive now because... It's kind of like like I was I was talking with my brother last night. We were at dinner. Mm-hmm. We both lived in Hollywood for I, I was in Hollywood for fifteen years, and now now I'm in Silver Lake because I was like, and thank God I moved out right before COVID because mm-hmm. Hollywood took a crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother moved out like during COVID because it was just fuck. It, it's gotten so bad, mm-hmm. you know, in in Hollywood and stuff. So, but um, we were talking about how it's like I don't have any. I don't. I will never move actually back into Hollywood to that area. Like to me, the goal is to, I want to be back in like, yeah, Altadena, Pasadena, that area is so nice. And to like live and actually raise a family and do that. But you could still drive 20 minutes yeah. into Hollywood if you it's, need. It's We're still in like, entertainment. That's the great part about LA. Yeah. Every, it, that's the valley, the any of the valleys. Any, anything any valleys. is, everything yeah. we do is 20 minutes away. Yeah. So when I'm done with your energy and I'm yeah. done with whatever's happening around me, I'm yeah. going to go over there. Yes. And I'm going to be away from this shit. Everything's 20 minutes away and nothing is less than 20 minutes away. <laughs> Yo, final question. Yes, sir. Your drum setups. Ooh. You've, you've had some really incredible setups shit i've never seen even back when when you were 20 years old and i'm watching you on modern drummer being like why you set up his shit like this that's crazy now your symbols are all high no now it's different you guys oh, it's, already, I, I it's already different i haven't even taken a picture with i was gonna say there's now i know there's a new reveal when the new album comes out there's gonna be a whole new yeah. concept for sure actually actually i have to like with this record like i've done a lot of the stuff programming on drums i have to go in and actually play some drums on stuff but um yeah um i learned from will kennedy when i was taking lessons with him uh, I was 15. I was learning from him. He told me one of the few things he told me, he said, Ronald, every time you get on the drum set, play with a handicap. It's always going to make you try something different. Mm. Every time you get on the drum set, do it, set up something messed up, set up something you wouldn't hit there, set up something that's too far away or set up something that's too close or set up something to make it awkward for you. Mm. So, so that it will challenge you to do something different you probably would have if you would have had that eight inch time in the same place it's always been you would have did the same lick yeah. if you put that eight inch time behind you you got to figure out how you're gonna make that eight inch time do that lick. so now it's gonna go from a whole it's gonna be a whole nother mind or a whole nother Ooh. creative path to shift how you normally do what you do every single time so every time i set up like i like even my drum tech i i tell him get out the way and just break my stuff down because yeah. i all i i'll I put the symbol oddly so my arm feels weird just so Whatever I'm playing is gonna make sh- like shift it. It's always just like I put the t- it's like I'm always shifting. So I saw a post of yours. I didn't see you in person do this, but I saw a post of yours like maybe a year or two ago when you had all your toms to the off right. To side. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, yeah, the yeah. toms were off. No, to the, man, and I was, I was playing just, a right, screenshot, YG, and I was, I was like, what? YG, yeah. I had the whole YG? seven piece on the right. <laughs> I was playing a YG with eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, all, all on the right over here. And I've the, and never like, seen all, that. Dude. Five snare. It was just yeah, yeah. It's it. I like to. I like to experiment that's like the fun part about being a musician experimentation sounds 
I love know? that. Will Kennedy. So Will Kennedy. Will said Kennedy. That. Yeah, Will Kennedy was the one that put me on to like play play every time you play to play with a handicap. It's fucking before she play some different shit. Well, dude, I love you, bro. Ah, thank you for doing this. Thank you for. Coming I love here. being loved. Hey, did I say anything wrong? Anybody? You guys can check me if you want to. I'll whoop your ass. Not just- <laughs> 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 Don't get it twisted. No, but um, yeah. um no, dude, I- I'm super happy for you, man. Seems like you're in a great place, oh, which man. is awesome. I'm here to support you, however you need me. Oh, call your boy. Yes, sir. Call your boy. I'm yes, super excited for the new album. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Love songs to ghost, baby. Love songs to ghost is going to be amazing. I wish we could play some right now. But I wish. Actually, I, I wish. Actually, I have some stuff that we could have played. I just didn't put it in my phone. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Next time, when it comes out, we'll have you back. Well, on. you're going to be. You're going to get a sneak peek of it. I think. Let's get it. You're going to get a little sneak peek of it today. I think. I think. I think that's going to happen. Let's go, Ron. Let you hear the. I'll let you hear the this shit before it gets done. But now I'm like. I'm I've like, been hearing it throughout its process. Yes. I I'm, I'm 14 studio. songs in. I'm 14 songs in. 14. And I have six done. Okay. And I'm just, all I'm doing right now is just finishing the vocals. Nice. So nice. It'll, be, it'll be done by the end of this month. Amazing, dude. It's my birthday month. I feel like the, 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 the energy, the Libra energy is on 10 with me. I was going to say your Libra energy. We got another Libra right here. Hey. What day? Hey. Libra power. Libra power. <laughs> Steven is a Libra too. Steven's the 19th. You guys are double Libra. Yeah, man, double. I'm Libra. And if we're crazy, I'm Libra, Gemini, Gemini. Libra, Gemini, Gemini. Wow. The rising and all that other. I don't think it means anything, but probably does explain the crazy. Well, though. because the Libra is, is so, is even. And I feel like the Gemini is more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with the shits. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> I'm Leo, Leo, Leo. Bro. Ooh. Oh. Triple Leo. Oh. Let's get it. That's why you're so happy. That's why I'm happy. And I'm just like. Let's do something. Yeah. 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 And then I take, a, I take a 20 minute power nap every day. I got <laughs> to take my cat nap. <laughs> oh yeah. We, I don't sleep. It's, 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 <laughs> I went to sleep at six o'clock this morning. I was like, ah, yeah. Good times felt good. Hey, you came pretty, very close to on time. We actually had a bet. <laughs> we had a bet actually. We were See, like, I'm what trying time? To change. I'm trying to change. Hey, no, it's three an improvement. Minutes, I was three minutes. I was yeah. three minutes before we start. We're supposed to start. I was incredible. Cause I, I texted you yesterday. Like, yo bro, we're going live at 1.15. I, I, I was supposed to be here at 1.15. I was like, I'm going to be here at 2.48. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, huh? I was like, did you mean 1248? And they didn't write me back. I'm like, damn it, Ron. Damn it, Ron. It's got me sweating. And then and then we thought we made a bet and we came, we were like, okay, probably 145. Because I because I said, to get here at one, we're going live at 115. I was like, he'll come 145. You came 112. Proud of you, bro. Thanks, man. See? See? Yeah. See, it's just happening. It's, it's happening. It's happening, man. Everybody that I've done that to, I'm working on it. Forgive me. I mean, come on. I mean, what do you expect? Come on. I mean, yeah, ah, come on, man. I'm Ronald. Go let it go. The boy is growing. Hey, okay. man. Hey, man. Got- come on. You see this? <laughs> man, I'm keeping it. You know, bah, 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 bah. come on. Let's do it. We're good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I should be a comedian in this bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my guy. Yes, sir. Love you, brother. Love you too.